Chris, I want to talk about junk mail and shitty phone calls. Okay. How much junk mail, say a, a week, would you say you get? Almost none anymore because I finally stopped being lazy and signed myself up for that do not, you know, the quote, do not call list, but for mail. Hmm. Um, and it works? Yes. Very well. I actually got a ton of it before because I use uh, Credit Karma. And, mm-hmm. of course, it's free, but you get tons of spam from, you know, their affiliates. That's the catch. That's why it's free. Yeah. Um, but... I got annoyed with all of those, but I want to keep my credit karma, and it probably wouldn't stop even if I canceled it. So yeah. I uh, went online because the the all the spam had if you don't want to receive this anymore, go to this website and or call this number. So I went to the website and did it, and it stopped pretty much immediately. Now, so we're clear: Are you talking about email or like snail mail? Snail mail. Okay, damn, that's fucking awesome. I yeah. can do that. I get. I think it's not a horrible amount, but probably one, maybe one or two letters. Uh, if I had to go by a week, I'd say I'd probably get maybe five to eight pieces of junk mail, which I, if if we're classifying junk mail, I'm talking about fucking credit card offers, right. loan offers, home remortgage and refinancing offers, uh... I don't necessarily count like, you know, local paper and coupon deals. I mean, that's, that's actually kind of fine. Me or my wife will go through them and we may pick out a, if there's 400 coupons, we may find a couple that we use. (laughs) That's okay. But it's almost without fail that the same credit card companies or the same financing companies will, they'll always send me shit. Me and her both, mainly me because I've got the best credit between us two. And, brag about it. Well, I mean, I'm. I mean, I'm, <laughs> it's just the way it is. Uh, it's so fucking. It, it's it's annoying at times because okay, so you have you have different. Sorry, one of my fighting characters just went. Uh, you have different types of junk email. Okay, you got the standard fucking. Here is our credit card logo. Obviously, this is a credit card offer of some type. Yes. You don't even have to open it up. You already know what it's going to be. Yep. You have the sneakier ones, like the ones that are, they look like a fucking uh, envelope from like, a, it's like a birthday card or a fucking Valentine's Day card or something. And you can clearly tell it's from somebody, but they didn't put a from address on it. Mm-hmm. And they, it's got that fucking, that, that, that writing font where it looks like they wrote your name and address, mm-hmm. but obviously it's a fucking typed font. Yeah. And you open it up, and it's, hey, you qualify for this, or something. So, yeah. One of the more annoying ones I got recently, um, I'm not sure why I got it, because that's after the thing. But anyway, it actually looked like a late notice for, like, a uh, car registration or something like that. It was pink. Oh, man. So I'm like, oh, crap, what did I forget to pay? Because I forget to pay my car registration all the time. Like, every year, I'm late. Because I'll put it on my desk and it'll get buried, and then I get the pink, the yellow one. I'm like, oh, I need to do this, and then yeah. I bury that one too <laughs> with the other mm-hmm. one, and then I get the pink one. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do it right now because I'm obviously just gonna bury it again if I don't. Yep, yeah, and we have 
the color aside, I get those are another one for me as well, is that they will look like something. They will look like a registration type of something, clearly a vehicle registration thing. And then you read it, and it's like, no, that's not what this is at all. This is fucking mm-hmm. junk mail for something. Another is, uh, <clears throat> hey, your vehicle's warranty is about to be out. Yeah. Uh, you need to fucking email us or mail us or call us right now. Right now, because if you don't, it's going to run out. And this is a quote for what you can pay to get. I'm like, no. I, no, if I want an extended warranty, I'll go through my dealership or go through whoever the fuck I bought the car through, or go through the company itself. I'm not going to use you. And second, n- n- no, I know when my warranty's up, and it's not anywhere close to now, so stop it. <laughs> yeah, we were getting those, too, from buying our latest vehicle. Uh, I've gotten I've gotten large uh, uh, tan envelopes that I would think some very important paperwork's coming in from somewhere, <laughs> And it's fucking 40 pages of, hey, you're pre-qualified for this thing, and here's all the numbers. I'll get ones that look like it's a bill from somewhere, and then there's fucking zeros all in, and it's like, yeah, these zeros are just zero down, because you, oh my god. (laughs) The amount of forestry that is wasted on sending me shit that I do not care about, it bugs me. It's not... It's half and half. It's partially because it's fucking junk mail, and I'm like, yay, I'm looking for something. I'm waiting for something. Oh, there's nine envelopes in here. I'm fucking popular today. I've got nine <laughs> pieces of mail. Let's look at what we got. One legitimate bill. Okay, cool. Junk, 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 junk. Wait, wait, wait. Nope, junk, junk. Okay, this is a letter from somebody important. Oh, no, it's a fucking piece of junk. Oh, there's one thing here, and it's a bill. <sighs> so... Yeah. So if I want to get rid of this junk mail, tell me again what I need to do. So, and, Well, the audience as a whole, everybody can apparently get on this. This is great. If you look at the, uh, I don't have the website in front of me, but if you look at the fine print on the back, it's like if you don't want to receive this anymore, go to this website and sign up for the, you know, do not mail me thing. So yeah. this is this a universal thing or is it yes. per... In, oh, oh, it is universal. I believe it's even a government website or something like that, maybe. I'm gonna I have to go back and look. Because I have registered my cell phone number to the other side of this fucking tangent topic, mm-hmm. which is the fucking phone calls thing. This is becoming the more annoying thing. I can look at mail and throw mail away. That that's it's it's not the biggest deal in the world. But when I'm at work and I'm getting a phone call from fucking Arizona, and I'm like, I don't even know anybody from Arizona. And I said, well, maybe it's someone who the fuck knows. And I pick it up, and it's, hi, this is Sherry from fucking uh, uh, vacations, whatever. And you're, <laughs> you have pre-qualified to go on this thing. Press one if you want. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So you I know. get phone calls probably. I got three of them today alone. It's kind of rare. It's kind of rare. Usually it's once a day or maybe once every other day. But today I got three fucking yeah. different phone calls from numbers, uh, from diff- one from New York, one from Nevada, and one from fucking Florida. I have nobody in any of those places that I would know that would have my number. And mm-hmm. nobody calls me, period. So, Yeah, I, I'm surprised I don't have that issue, and I don't think I've ever really had it. I may get one every, you know, several months. But I just, 
right now I'm just dealing with recruiters calling me for jobs and places I don't want to go. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I don't get really any, you know, quote unquote junk phone calls. And I don't answer calls from people from numbers I don't recognize anyway. Yeah. So if they don't leave a voicemail, they don't want to talk to me that bad. Yeah, I've I've gotten to that point now to where if I just see the number, I just hang up, and then I'll take it a step further. Well, this is what I used to do, and this and I, I'm gonna as I elaborate this bullshit, you're gonna see why it's that's done jack shit. When I used to get calls from numbers that I don't know, it's it. Look, I'm not an asshole about my phone. Okay, I don't I have not went out to all of my family and friends and say look. If you need to call me, call me. But if I don't pick up, you need to, I'm not. I'm not a dick about it. I have learned over time a personal thing about me. I don't like talking on the phone. Period. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't know why. I don't know when that became a thing for me. But me just being on the phone and talking for twenty, thirty minutes it aggravates me. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's. Maybe it's because I feel like I'm. I'm dedicated to one thing and I'm always multitasking. I don't know. In any. In any event, people don't call me. My family, my, like my mom may call me, and I, mm-hmm. I have maybe some, <laughs> some distant family that may call me. Yeah, you know, if my mom calls me, it's a, it's a four-hour charade. But I love you, Mom. Uh, it, I, ha- I have some family that may call me, uh, but my friends in general, I have like one friend that may call me maybe every other month just to say hey, and that's cool with me. This is not mm-hmm. something that I've went to all of my family and friends and said, hey, don't call me. I'm not a phone person. It's just maybe, maybe it's like the age we live in. We're just growing away from phone calls, or maybe it's just me. I don't fucking know. In any event, people don't call me. I don't get phone calls. So what I used to do back in the day when I would get calls from numbers I didn't know, I, I would either, I would let it ring or I just fucking hang up on it and I would put, I would save that number in my phone as do not answer or wrong number or something. I get wrong number calls to me all the time. It's just the way my, my phone number is situated. People just, they just misdial and get me all the time. That's okay. I'm not, I'm not mad at that. But I would have these numbers in my phone. I've got like like 30 of them from over time just saving these numbers of do not answer. And it kind of worked for a while. It worked for a while where people would call me and it would immediately pop up, do not answer. I'm like, oh, well, fuck that. I know not to call that. And it may not even been just a I hung up on them or didn't answer. It may have been I picked up the phone and it was like, hi, we are with the... It's, ah, fuck that. Hang up. Yeah, mm-hmm. But after a while, I started getting calls from all fucking over the globe. I haven't had any out of country, so there's that, but I get them from, well, I meant all over the states, not globe. Right. I haven't had them from other countries, but I'll get them from all over various cities in various states to where the fucking do not answer shit doesn't work anymore. And what it is, I've kind of done some research to see what I can do about this. I've went as far as putting my number in the do not call registry. That's not that's not doing a bit of fucking good. I will get a call from a number. I will pick it up because now it's to the point where I'm trying to de- I'm trying to get keywords and phrases and maybe even trying to like centralize maybe a state area it's coming from, but that doesn't yeah. do no good. I've gotten names and I've gotten sort of pseudo company names or pseudo like offers. For example, I'll get a call from this blatant recording that they'll be like, hi, this is Sherry from, from, from whatever resorts. How are you doing today? 
great to hear that. Like, I know. <laughs> like, I can, you can tell. Because half the time, I just won't say shit, and they'll keep going. And I'll be like, hey, I know you're recording. I know. Hello. And they keep going, and I hang up. But, so I'll get a call from this number, and it's the same shit. It's it's something, some resort. You, you've been pre-selected. Who the, or, or the killer is, hey, you stayed at one of our resorts lately. Motherfucker, I don't know if you know me, bill collector or offer person, but I don't stay at resorts. I don't have fucking money like that. And if I would, I wouldn't spend it like that. But anyway, I know it's bullshit. So I started collecting these numbers, doing research online, and what I found online was that, yeah, basically it's just a fucking phone scam and nobody's been able to figure out really what to do aside from put your number in a, don't, in a do not call list. That doesn't work. Now what I've been doing is when I get these calls, I'll try to call them back. However, you can't do that either because apparently in those calls, they will tell you press one if you're interested. If you press one, you're like apparently flagged on their thing to like, hey, call this fucker all the time. So I've never done that one. I've stayed away from that one. If you, uh, if you call, sometimes if you call a number back, that puts you on another list to where, like, hey, we got to call this person all the time. What's been happening to me is I'll call somebody and be like, hey, I just got a call from this number. And it'd be like, yeah, my name's fucking Stephen Greggs. I'm at work right now. Who is this? How did you get my number? Man, I got your number because this fucking, this number called me and I answered and it was a voice recording. And this is what I've got almost every time. Man, you're like the fifth person to call me. With this, sh- with this shit, like nobody, I haven't called anybody. I'm not mm-hmm. a woman. I'm not a recording, and I don't. I haven't <laughs> called. But you're the fifth person to call me and say they got a call from this number with a recording. What I've found out is apparently this is the this is the new fucking age of phone hacking and 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 fucking junk calls, as you put it. There are companies out there, uh, fucking legit or not. I'd love to find out that they were legit, but they are. Basically hijacking people's phone numbers. Some right. fucking Spoofing. how. Yeah, exactly. They'll fucking call you from somebody else's legit fucking phone number. It has nothing to do with them, but it, it basically makes them call like 500 people and then drops the number. So that legit person gets the call and they're like, I don't fucking know. Yeah. My I- wife actually told me today that she got a call from, uh, the same number two days in a row. With this, you know, like, hey, uh, somebody called my number. I don't know who this is. So maybe even her number's got this shit happening to her. But this is prevalent. Like, I'm getting calls from either either they call, they hang straight up, they call, and it's a fucking recording, or they call with a different recording. I get these probably probably one to two calls every day, if not every other day. It's so fucking annoying. I can't I can't do anything about it. If I block numbers. They just gotta just get a call from another number. Mm-hmm. If I put in my phone, don't answer. I just get a call from another number. It's it's a different city and state almost every single time. Even when it's local, even when it's local, it still happens. Yeah, I actually got a, <sighs> I actually got a text, probably a couple months ago now, maybe even like four months, and it was like, "Who is this?" It's like you first, buddy. <laughs> uh, because I didn't recognize anything about the number. Yeah. And they're like, you just tried to call me. I was like, certainly did not. Yeah. And they're like, oh, like, yep. <laughs> yeah. 
and that was it. I, that's crazy too. Like I, that's something else that kind of blows my mind. I can I can really understand dialing the wrong number. I can get that even mm-hmm. on a rotary phone on any kind of. I can totally get you pressing the wrong button and getting to me. That happens. But text messaging, like usually your usually your contacts are saved in your phone to some degree. Unless I mean, are you are you well, always this was, putting in? This was a case of the spoofing. Oh yeah, yeah. Instead of them, you know, calling me saying you called me, they'd send me a text going, "Who is this?" Trying to figure out who well, was calling them. I've had legit people mistext me. It's only happened like twice in my <laughs> entire life, but still, I'm like, how do? Like they call, they'll text me. And they just carry on a con- like they just picked up in the middle of a conversation, <laughs> and I'm like, "Uh, hello." And they're like, "Yeah, you got the fucking bag of apples for me." I'm like, "Bag of apples? Who the fuck are you?" <laughs> oh, I texted the wrong person, and I'm thinking, "How did you do that?" If I text Chris, I don't fucking dial Chris's number. I just go to my phone and or, or, or go to him, him and my text and just retext him again. Yeah. If I haven't texted him before, I just go find his name, and I it's it's crazy. Chris, can you think? Can you think in your mind? I think all the time. You can. Damn it, you got it there. <laughs> I want you to reach back in the far recesses oh of boy. our 16-year-old, because you're, you're so young, of your young, sweet baby boy brain, and think of the funniest or most awkward or most interesting wrong number call you ever had. I don't think I have any. Damn. I don't think... I've never... I'd love to hear yeah. you tell me you've never got a, a, a wrong number. I, I've had wrong numbers, but <laughs> not anything like that. So I, I, I had one a couple days ago. It wasn't the most, it wasn't the most prominent, but it just popped in my mind because I brought this fucking topic up. A lady called me asking for uh, no. So I get a call. It was a local number. I picked up the phone and she said, "Hey, come get these groceries out the car for Daddy sees you." I was like, "Uh." What? You come get these groceries. And I was like, I I think you have the wrong. I think she had me on speakerphone because there was another girl that was like, oh, you got the wrong number. She's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, that's okay." And her fucking friend or whatever is laughing her ass off about it. And that was kind of funny. I did get a call uh, one time from a lady and it was I, I don't remember the actual name, but she was calling me a female name. So I picked up the phone. I was like, hello? She goes, Janice. I was like, uh, what? She goes, Janice, are you there? Can you hear me? And I'm like, I can hear you, ma'am. Can you hear me? This is not Janice. Janice, listen, uh, wait, what did you say? (laughs) I said, ma'am, I think you must have the wrong number. Is this blah, 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 blah? No, ma'am. Is Janice there? No. <laughs> there is no Janice at this number. Yeah, I, oh, oh, I got the wrong number. Click. <laughs> yeah, I've had calls like that where it's like, hey, so-and-so. I'm like, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Are they there? I just said I don't know who that is. <laughs> uh, did you're an asshole. You know that? Did I ever I tell you about the man. deaf person that called me? Oh, Jesus, no, but I want to know. So, I for, wait, 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 hold on, top, pause, yeah. pause, pause. This is not going to be an offensive story, right? No, no. We're not going to have a deaf person hear this and be upset, right? No. Of course not. They're deaf, Chris. What you- <laughs> 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 ah. Anyway. Okay, go ahead. So, 
I got a missed call from this number like three days in a row. This has been mm-hmm. six months plus now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, I was like, and they even left a voicemail once, but I couldn't quite understand what they were saying. So I was like, all right, next time they call, I'll answer just to figure out what's going on because it sounded like it was a wrong number. Yeah. Like, all right, I'll just deal with this. So I answer and they're like, please hold on. You have a call from so-and-so. I'm like, okay. I just sat there and waited uh, for them to connect a call. Mm-hmm. And this person comes on the line and goes, uh, hello. Uh, I can't remember what the name was, but they're like, this is so-and-so. I'm like, I have no idea who this is. Mm-hmm. And they're like, are you so-and-so? I'm like, no. And they're like, okay, hold on. And they just went quiet for a second. And they're like, okay, I'm so-and-so. I work with so uh, this company and we um, are assisting, we assist, you know, deaf people with making phone calls. They are on, you know, some kind of video uh, Skype type thing, signing with the person and then speaking into a phone on their behalf. Hmm. So it, it's interesting little thing they're doing. But this person had been trying to call me and trying to call me or my number anyway, thinking I was someone else. And I, I felt kind of bad for them after all that time. Yeah. But I explained, I was like, I don't know who that is. You have the wrong number. Sorry. I had somebody for, this was probably a good, within a four or five month period, I had a number call me and it was from a local area, mind you. It was from a, a penitentiary. And it was like, <laughs> you, they, it wasn't the name. I, either, either, either the name wasn't put in or I don't remember it. I'm pretty sure it wasn't a name. It was just like, I got a call from, you know, if you've ever gotten a call from the house, it's, hello, you have a collect call from so and so county penitentiary. Do you accept the charges? And I was like, fuck no. <laughs> and I, so that, the one time it happened, I just blew it off. I'm like, man, somebody really, really got the wrong number. Mm-hmm. I really hope that wasn't their only phone call. If, oh, yeah. If you ever only get just one call, who the fuck knows? I've never been to jail, so whatever. And I got a call like a few weeks later, same fucking place, same deal. I'm thinking, man, somebody in there is trying to fucking reach out and they do <laughs> not. They're like, come get me. I'm in jail, please God, but it's the wrong number. So it, it it all it kept going. I never picked it up. I I wanted to so bad, but yeah, I didn't want to get on the internet phone. But like, hey, hey, Snakey, you gonna come get me? I do. <laughs> no Snakey man. Uh so yeah, it's been my headache for the past few days. This random fucking phone. The the three in a row yesterday just blew my mind. Plus they were at work, so. So I've, I'll definitely go ahead. I this is recently. I missed a call two days in a row from a Mississippi number, and I was like, I don't know this number, so I'm not answering. They didn't leave a voicemail, but I'm like, they're being persistent, and I don't live in Mississippi anymore. Mm-hmm. The only people that would be contacting me from there are pretty much family. Yeah, I'm like, all right, let me see who this is. So I answer. And it's my local cable company trying to sell me something. Wait, what? Yeah, they had a. They apparently used local numbers to solicit to their customers 
you know, based on the customer phone number. Uh-huh. I'm across the country now, but they called me from a Mississippi number, the same area code as my cell phone. Wow. That is some dedication. Yeah. I also get, uh, I mean, it's not horrible. It's just more annoying than anything. Back in the day, there was a probably close to a four-year stint where I was looking for fucking jobs, maybe even longer. And I I can't even tell you all the sites that I use, all the resumes I put out, all second- and third-party like job application and resume submittal right. places. A lot of them were military-specific. A lot of them were like military contract-specific, and it's, you know, hey, send us your resume. We'll doctor it up, and we'll look for any government or civil service or federal jobs, blah, blah, blah. And I got calls. This was after I finally got hired at a job, but I got calls from like three different companies all week long. So, hey, we just wanted to want to call and uh, see if you were interested in so-and-so job somewhere. And I was like, yeah, I'm already employed. Oh, okay, all right. And then four days later, hey, so we got this job. And all of them are like very lower pay and not mm-hmm. what I wanted at all and not what I was going for. And it's it's like, okay, I, I've already got a job. I really, I'm really, I, I appreciate y'all doing the legwork, but you, you, you're really wasting your time. If you find something for like, you know, 10 $12,000 more, sure, but I'm employed now. I'm good. Okay. I mean, it, and it wasn't like a fucking recording or anything. I had to talk to the person, and they yeah. always acted like a salesman, <laughs> and all they were doing was just seeing if I was interested in a job. Hey, we see that we you put on this application that you don't want to leave the state you're living in. Uh, we got a couple jobs opening in Spokane, <laughs> Washington for, you know, $6,000 less than what you make now. What do you say? What do you say, man? <laughs> I say, get off my lawn. That's what I say. Yeah, it's it's rough sometimes. Like I just went up, and I hit all my stuff because um, we're not talking about weeks yet, but I got a job. Oh shit! Yeah, we're gonna tell you what. Let's 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 mosey on into that one. All right. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to the end of time. A little late on this one, but that's okay. <laughs> I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Chris, before we do that, do we have any well actually? Because, man, we're about to fucking skyrocket. Nope. Good. Another perfect podcast. You're welcome. You and you and you too. The guy, Yeah, you. The guy that's shaking his head. You're fucking welcome. Perfect podcasting. Coming to your ears. Chris, how was your week? My week was pretty good. Hot damn. I uh, finally got a job. Um, God, what a fucking relief that is, ain't it? Oh, yeah. Especially because, you know, I, I've been looking seriously since... Like April of last year, um, I feel your pain, brother. But I actually moved at the end of December, so I had no job after that. Yeah, you know, I before, took that leap before you give me the gritty details. Yeah, do you actually have the job, or were you just given an offer? I got the offer accepted, and I start on the fifth. Fuck yes. Okay, please carry on. Yeah. So, and it, it's a remote job, and. They offered me way more than I asked for. Oh, hell yeah. Like, way more. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I immediately accepted. And I've been uh, in at, at the airports yesterday and today doing paperwork for the, <laughs> that job while I was on my way to interview for another one. <laughs> uh, so, and. Hey, man, you got to do that. <laughs> yeah, this other one is. Uh, I, Looks like they're going to uh, give me an offer, too. I'm just not sure where they are salary-wise. 
Yeah. Um, I kind of want to do them both, but because they're both remote positions. Yeah. But I'm not sure if I'll be able to do that. But we'll see. I'll tell you. I'll tell you right now, man. I'm sure me and you could have a fucking tangent episode about fucking job hunting and like employment in general. Yeah. Like I, I don't ever want to put it out that like we're just fucking no good people and we can't get jobs. We both have careers. We both have resumes. We we both have knowledge and skill. My biggest hang up was that I never wanted to move. Yeah. I always I. It, I, I I maybe I could have been talked into moving at the last place that I lived at, and look, I'm I'm not I'm not stupid. I know that you can always sell your house, you can always uproot, but when I joined the military from the get go, the reason why I didn't go full time active duty is because I don't want to be fucking trotting all over the globe every two to four years. I don't yeah. I I don't mind. I'm a big boy. I can pull my pants up and fucking do <laughs> whatever the fuck I need to do. I can be uncomfortable my entire life. That's not exactly fair to my spouse. Right. And it's also not fair to my children that I'm going to have one day. So I chose to root myself somewhere. But now that I live where I live now and, like, fucking own a house and and have got shit set in place, yeah, I could sell the house and could uproot. And, yes, if the money is that important, you all, you should. Money is not that important. If if my bills are paid and I have a sizable amount of money in our pockets afterward to I don't know do whatever the fuck we want to do, I'm fine. I think I think me and you had this discussion before. For me, like I'm not trying to be stupid fucking rich. Yeah. It'd be nice. It'd be nice to have a lot of money, but I I I work to live. I don't live to work. Right. I'm not trying to always go, oh, well, if I move two states over, I'll have a job that's, you know, three miles commuting closer to the house I could have. And it's like three, four hundred dollars extra a month. Oh, I'm not that fucking hardcore about a job. I want a good paying job. I want to work, earn my money and go the fuck home. Mm -hmm. But Jesus Christ, you the fact of you saying you're not moving kills your fucking job opportunity depending on where you live yeah and down there is pretty bad oh man (laughs) i i moved go ahead go ahead i moved to virginia because i was unemployed down there for two months Mm -hmm. and i got a call the same day from both tennessee and virginia Uh, the tennessee one didn't pan out but virginia they're like hey yeah we want you so i moved to virginia because i needed a job Mm -hmm. um i you know talked before about my budgeting skills, you know, I'm pretty good at managing money uh, as mm-hmm. far as that goes. And at that point, when I moved to Virginia, when I got there, before I got my first paycheck, I had budgeted down to where I had exactly six cents in my bank account Jeez. before my first paycheck. I had wow. broken everything out. I was at the grocery store calculating tax as we're putting stuff in the buggy, so I know exactly how much. You know, we had to play with. <laughs> you know, I can. My wife's gonna be listening to this episode. She's gonna be nodding her head. Yep, yep. That's Michael. That's him fucking with a calculator <laughs> at the grocery store, going, "Nop, nop, nop." No, I can't have that candy. Yeah, right. Like I'm gonna fucking turn out my candy. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was rough. So I had to make the move. I couldn't, you know, manage that long without. Yeah. Yeah, I was in the fucking job hunting game. I, I, I got my. I went to. Little bitty old teeny tiny doesn't mean shit in the real world community college. And I got my fucking community college science degree in electronics technology and went job hunting and went, oh, fuck. (laughs) 
because this job market in the area that I live in is absolutely dick. And everybody's like, man, you should just fucking go to Houston. Like, a, a, our cousin said I should come to Houston because there's fucking all kind of jobs around there. Yeah. I said, man, I just, I just don't want to move. And then everybody around me was like, all right, man, okay, you say you don't want to move. You're going to learn. And uh, fucking four years of it, yeah, I learned. I learned, man. <clears throat> that, that's there's why other I'm, avenues. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. That's why I'm glad there are, you know, a lot of more remote things becoming available. Mm-hmm. Um, I've wanted one for a while just so I could move up here and not have to worry about uh, where my job was, you know. Yeah. But it, it's rough even getting that. Yeah. It's 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 a it's a crazy thing in general, man. I know I know. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna do a tiny fucking tangent right here. Okay. All right. I know that we have younger audiences that will listen to us. I know that they're, we don't always cater to fucking 26 year old dudes that play video <laughs> games. I'm sure there's 17, 18. If you're a 14 year old kid listening to us, don't tell your mom and dad, please. <laughs> <laughs> because we, we talk, we talk pretty bad on here, but I'm so on the fence about college as a whole because on the one hand, I know that going to college will net you a degree. It it is about how much time and effort you legitimately put in. If you if you really, actually, genuinely, legitimately put the time and the work in, you can get a fucking degree and you can have a high G, uh, GPA that will kind of look pretty good on the degree. And that will at least get your foot in the door to hopefully get a job. On the turn side of that, I I didn't even think it was here. I thought it was like upstate, like upper states of the United States. No, it's fucking everywhere. I know so many fucking people who have a degree and are now buried under a mountain of debt. And when they got the debt, they were like, I don't care. It's okay because when I get a job, I'll have this paid off. Mm-hmm. Number one, they don't have a fucking job. They don't have a job. And two, when they do finally get a job, it's like, oh, I've got... X amount, thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, given my budget, given the way that I can pay it off, I will have my college debt paid off in 17 years. Holy <laughs> shit. There are people that can pay a fucking house off in 17 years. Yeah. I I'm I agree, and I think... Here's my perspective on the whole college thing. It is important for certain fields, and that's it. Yeah. If you don't work in a certain field, i.e., Legal, um, business, medical. finance, medical, mm-hmm. and that's really it. If you yeah. don't work in one of those, you probably don't need it. It's probably going to do you zero good. Most, the the best it will do in in a lot of cases is get you an internship, which means you're not yeah. going to get paid, Precisely. and you still might not make anything worth anything you could probably get that same job just from having a little bit of personal uh you know some certificates or something some little training or something just to say yeah i i know what it is yeah um like i work on uh with an application called sharepoint it's a microsoft product it's a web collaboration platform you know it's Mm -hmm. just a website that lets you uh share files and store lists and all this stuff, you know, spreadsheet type stuff, whatever you want to do with it, and lots of other things. Yeah. I I will also no longer work, or I don't even, 
I won't say no longer work because I never technically officially worked for them. I, there's a company that I don't want to work with because they have archaic requirements where you have to have like a bachelor's degree and 10 years experience to rate, you know, X amount of pay. Mm-hmm. I'd been doing, and it was, so our contract rolled over, you know, other, the company comes in and says, Hey, if you want to stay, this is the, you know, what we're offering you. I'm not going to take like a 27% pay cut. Sorry. Right. Right. I've worked in this job at that point for four years at this that's, place doing my job. That's a long time. I want to pause you real quick and put emphasis on that. That it really fucking pisses me off that, that people look down on people like, Oh, you haven't had, you know, eight years of experience. What do you know? Motherfucker, four years, four years at 40 hours a fucking week, every week for four years. Do you not, can you not put common sense to that and fathom how you should know what the fuck you're doing at that point? I, I, I guess, you know, there's different jobs with different specialties, but mm-hmm. there's a lot of shit you can learn in a month, much less four years. If Chris says he was working at a job for four years, I have it on good authority. He knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah. I had, you know, survived our team going from 26 people to five. I was one of the final five. So I could have stayed there. And I I said four years. I was there. I have all the experience I needed for, you know, the application itself for SharePoint. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying even even if they were to fall back on, oh, well, you know, working for us, you've only been here four years. Man, fuck you and your four-year look-down-nose shit. It's a long fucking time. And... Our team lead, he actually, so they have, you know, the number rating, you know, like you'll be a sysadmin, one, two, three, four, five, uh, five being the maximum. He, he barely got to four, even though he'd been leading the team for years at that point, way before I ever got there. And it's supposed to be like a fives position. Yeah. But because he didn't have a degree, this is an older guy. He was military, and then he just went straight into the contracting world, mm. and he'd done it at that point for well over 10 years, just contracting side alone, most with that place. Um, but they wouldn't give him that bump up and the recognition of you know his leadership position because he didn't have a degree. So I will never work for that company. I'll tell you, it's you know, speaking of which, I have to go do my research on this as well, but... I think if you want to be an officer in the military, you got to have a degree. Yes, you do. Yeah, well. But they'll pay for it and stuff, and it doesn't matter oh, where yeah, your yeah, degree's yeah. in. The military's a whole different bracket. <laughs> yeah, that's way different. Um, yeah, but I completely understand what you mean, man. Is You need a fucking degree to do this. Mind you, have been doing it for 12 years, but you need a degree. Yeah, well, I- well, well, this is crazy. You tell me I need a degree because when I went to college and did the three, four, seven, eight years, whatever, when I got here, you said, hey, cool, here's your pat on the back. Congratulations. Throw all that shit you just learned out the window because we are now going to teach you actually what you're doing and we're going to teach you how we want you to do it. Yeah. So don't think you're going to use half of what you actually learned. So my very first contracting job was a web development job. And as a Marine, I fell under that position. Mm -hmm. Um, It's kind of funny. Once I got the position, I was technically my own boss on one of the aspects. But uh, as a Marine, you know, I was our unit webmaster. We fell under the higher headquarters webmaster, and I ended up 
you know, taking a contracting position at the higher headquarters, uh, fulfilling basically the same role. When I went in and I asked for X amount, they gave me 5000 less. And when I said, well, you know, I was like, can we go up any? And they're like, no, because she's making this amount and she has a degree. Mm. Mm. I'm like, uh, first of all, I'm replacing her. So technically she won't be there anymore. But you're telling me I have to take less money because she has a degree and I don't, even though we both have roughly the same, the same amount same of job. experience. Yeah, I mean, Jesus, it's like, eh, I'm, I'm not, I'm not liking this. I tell you, Chris, like, and and for the audience as a whole, I I feel strongly about a lot of these topics, and I have no problem doing a tangent episode on this whole entire topic. We may do it in the future, uh, just because I want you to move on, and I I want to get you to better parts about your week and my yeah. week. Uh, I'll I will pass this my bit of knowledge and then ask Chris what he would put in. This is my this is my little teeny tiny bit of uneducated, dumbass, thirty six year old job knowledge for you. If you are in high school or you are planning to go to college or you or in general you want to know what you what what should I do to go out in the world and make money? My suggestion, the first thing you need to do is figure out what you want to do. Do not get sucked into the idea of going to college. Even when they tell you the, you know, go to college if you don't know what you want to major in, you can knock your basics out. Sure, you can. <laughs> you can knock your fucking basics out anytime. And maybe if you're fresh out of high school, you'll be you'll be quick enough to you won't have to do the pre basics yet. I guess there's some weight to it. But what you need to do is figure out what the fuck you want to do. Yeah, that needs to be your fucking priority. Do you want to be a nurse? Do you want to be a construction worker? Do you want to be a welder? Do you want to be an engineer? Do you want to be a computer software designer? Do you want to be a video game designer? Do you want to be a fucking music producer? What do you want to do? When you have solidified two to three options of what you really want to do, then pursue the avenues to do it. And if you can try, if you can do it, do it through certifications. Do it through classes. Get licenses. Get Go somewhere and take a two-week fucking course to get a certified license for something. Pay the $800 out of your pocket. Get certified. Get a job. You never have to worry about that shit again. And if you do, most of the companies have classes in their fucking building or in their their own curriculum to go, okay, you did the initial thing that we wanted to see you do to get licensed. Now that you're here, you're going to get officially trained on this and this and this and this, which not only gives you qualifications for the job you're doing, but it also gives you license licenses for god forbid the company goes defunct or you get fired or you quit you can take the certifications and go somewhere else if you take college it's fine but you need to know what you want to do and have a clear cut path do research look around do you do you want to move or do you not want to move what career fields are you looking for look at Glassdoor and find out different salaries for different pay like find your own budget what are you going to own a house are you planning on getting married is this going to support the lifestyle you want to do there's a myriad things you need to decide but immediately going i'm 17 and a half years old i'm just going to go to college what are you going to do i don't fucking know stop that yeah that's that's it, you may get lucky but you don't have to do that. What would you say to the to the youngins looking to get in the career field, Chris? Yeah, I mean, I agree with, I think, absolutely everything you said. I actually had a friend yesterday while I was on my way to the airport that sent me a Facebook message 
girl I went to high school with going, hey, I'm pretty sure you work in the IT field, and I just got a degree in information technology. Uh, it's like business information technology or something like that. She's mm-hmm. like, can you help me? You know, I-, I could use some help figuring out, you know, what to do next to get a job and stuff. So I was mm-hmm. like, all right, what specifically do you want to do? And, you know, she listed off like eight different IT related fields. And I was like, all right, that's a great thing, you know, for her just to be able to rattle them off. That's mm-hmm. a, that's the first thing you have to do is know what you want to do. Right. And so I went through and the ones that I was more familiar with, I was like, these are going to be the easiest to get into. You know, these are going to be a little bit harder. These are in higher demand than these. And right. like one of them, it's okay. You need security plus if you're going to do anything security related. Yeah. But it's, you know, I looked at that and I was hoping I could find a company that paid for it because it was like 300 bucks. It's an investment. It's an investment. Man. You, it, it will suck. Yes, getting a three hundred dollars certificate sucks. I've gone Security Plus three times, and two times paid for it out of my pocket. Mm-hmm. So yes, it sucks. Um, but that, especially in like the DoD field, working for the government, Security mm-hmm. Plus is an absolute requirement. You yep. have to have it to be compliant with a DoD order to have pretty much any kind of IT job. Even a help desk job requires it now. Yeah. So it is an investment that will put you above other people that aren't willing to make it. So, and that's just for IT, whatever your field is. Even if, like you said, welding, there are, you know, short uh, certification courses you can take to get, you know, certified as a welder. Yeah, just straight up vocational classes yeah. at places, you know. There there are companies that are saying, hey, we, like we, are, we are a local shipbuilding company with billions of dollars of revenue. We're looking for welders. We we have a course here. It's it's costs, but if you take our course, you're almost guaranteed to get a job, but you don't have to spend, you know, $700,000 on a college degree. Right. You, just, you know, you know, a grand and boom, you're certified. You are now trained as a welder. And yep. as you go up in the world of welding, we will give you more training, which is either paid for or not, but still you're making money at that point. You don't care. Yeah. And, and, and realize, like you said, talking about moving or not moving, realize what your area supports. If you live next to a dock, you know, a shipbuilding dock, they're going to want welders. They're going to want people yeah. that work on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. If you live out in the middle of BFE, Mississippi, you're not going to find anything. Yeah. You can be a farmer. You can, uh, Maybe race go karts or you know something like that. Maybe (laughs) yeah, you're not going to find a well-paying IT job out in the middle of the country. Yeah, sorry. So realize what your environment will support, and if that doesn't support what you want to do, be prepared to make a sacrifice and move. May not be far, you know, maybe two hours away. In the grand scheme of things, that's nothing. You know, we've we've said this before about our podcast. You know, this is a video game podcast, but we are people. We are humans. We are not. I, I have to. I feel like I have to stress this. I, Chris, I be. I keep wanting to make a commercial for the podcast, like maybe like a YouTube video or a Facebook video, and I keep wanting to think. I keep thinking I have to put in there with big fucking waving hands. We do not make money off of this podcast. It's just as we just said. Chris just got a new job, and I have a job. Okay, so we have some knowledge of the real world. If you ever want to email us about anything in the real world, you have questions about things, 
we have somewhat knowledge in we can we can help. Uh, especially if it comes to jobs and career shit. Uh, if you have any questions on this topic, please email us. Well, you at the end of timecast at gmail.com. Chris, congratulations on your job. Thanks. I'm fucking happy for you. I know what that means. I know that elation, that fucking I am ready to do 20 backflips to celebrate. I'm happy for you, man. I'm glad yeah. that fucking weight is off of your shoulders. It's, and you know, you talk about the weight and it's been such a struggle trying to find something that even though I've signed the offer letter, They've, you know, accepted it. I've started filling out you're paperwork. You're still antsy, huh? Yeah, still I'm still waiting for them to go, oh, we we're, we decided to go with someone else. Oh, yeah. It's like your start date's on the 5th, but... yeah. You, so. you remember you remember me putting on Facebook countless times, hey, get a fucking email. Hey, thanks for your interest in the job. Unfortunately, hey, thanks. We, uh, we So we reviewed your resume. However, I yeah. got... I got rejected... So many times where I could put, I can't put a fucking number on how many applications resumes. That's how fucking bad it was for me. Mm -hmm. I had a solid fucking resume with experience, with precision shit to put applications down for. And it'd be like, sorry, I wanted to call everyone. I'm go, Hey, I'm cool that you didn't hire me. That's fine. Can you tell me why? Because it's almost getting to the point where I think there's like a fucking criminal record out there for me. I'm getting, I'm putting like four applications out uh, uh, every other day, and everyone are coming back. No, not even remotely interested. Mm-hmm. So when I finally got one, it was like, hey, yeah, we got set, set up for an interview. I, I kind of wanted to, kind of, kind of want to fuck them. I was like, yeah, I just <laughs> fuck you now, thank you. But yeah, I, I know that feeling, man. I'm really happy for you. But I know, I know that wasn't all that was in your week. No, that that was most of it because of getting that. I think it was on like Tuesday. I got it, so I've been doing paperwork ever since then, and most of my free time whenever they send me something. But yeah, I did. Uh, and to start off with the media side of things, uh, yesterday on my flight, I started and finished at the hotel room, uh, The Martian. Oh, have you seen that movie? Yes, I have. Okay, I haven't seen the movie, but I did have the books. I was going through my Kindle, you know, library, and I was like, oh, I'll start this book. I haven't read it yet. That's a pretty good book. I enjoyed it. it, it well, was, I enjoyed the movie, sorry. Yeah. It was an interesting way they did the uh, the point of view. I don't know how it is in the movie, but the book, it actually switches between him and back in uh, uh, Houston or whatever it is. And yeah, that's, his, that's, that's, that's how it is in the movie. His parts are log entries where he's uh-huh. logging all these things after the fact yeah. so you don't see him do it he just explains well crap this happened yeah and it, it's it's kind of amusing how uh vulgar it is at times because like on the first page of the book it's like well fuck <laughs> that's like one of the first two sentences i think something like that i was like okay this is gonna be an interesting book uh, but yeah so I started reading on the flight, and then I may or may not have stayed up to like one thirty reading it, so I could finish it. Um, but well, that's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I I have a hard time putting down good books. I just want to read until I'm done with it. Um, but then I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to read next? And then I have that whole struggle. But anyway, mm-hmm. so going back in time to the beginning of the week. 
It was another uh, tabletop weekend, mm-hmm. playing both D&D and the Pokemon tabletop. The uh, We actually started the Pokemon thing. We have the new system we're using, and that's working much better. Oh, thank God. Yeah, so uh, it should be interesting. Um, it's it's a very open, I mean, all tabletops kind of are really open on what you can do with them. Right. So, you know, I've built our little world, and it's like, all right, what do you guys want to do? So uh, I don't really have a whole lot planned for it right now, but aside from I built the world out, I'm just kind of going to let it uh, naturally evolve, you know, based around what they do want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, D&D, I have more planned out. We didn't even get through all the content I had prepared. Listen to you, the game developer. They didn't get through all my content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, it's about to get good, but they didn't get to the part I wanted them to get to. That's okay. Gotcha. We'll play again soon. Um, J- uh, before you move yeah. on to your next item, did you have you by chance ever watched uh, Pro Jared's D in December? No. I recommend you do. He, I mean, number one, Pro Jared. I've, I've, he's one of my many YouTube subscribed, uh, channels, but he has a, uh, section he's been doing for the last two, I want to say two years. If it's been three, I may just have forgotten, but it's called D and December, like D and D, but D and December. And it's a mix between him giving like many tutorials. The videos are like maybe 10, 15 minutes long, nothing crazy long. It's kind of sort of pseudo tutorials on like, you know, this is, this is some tips, some pointers for being a DM, some tips for what job you want to pick. And a lot of them are stories, like funny stories of him, you know, being a DM or just playing D and D with friends. And like, here's this story of this guy that maxed out his strength and something he did. You know, it's very interesting. I, I've wanted to get into, I, what was that? What was the one that you said you were? Was it Machinima? Machin, was was that the D and D series? You no, were I, was watching? Wa- I was watching Achievement Hunter recently. Achievement Hunter. Okay, yeah. I I keep I keep meaning to remember that and mark that so I can go check yeah. them out. There's I've been wanting to get into like a D and D video watching mm-hmm. mood. Uh, so they have a good one. Um, I'm actually currently watching Critical Role. Mm-hmm. Um, Role spelled R O L E, yeah, which is uh, hosted on uh, the Geek and Sundry channel, mm-hmm. and the DM and the players are all voice actors for oh, video games wow. and stuff. So the DM nice. is Matt Mercer, who <gasps> most recently did Monster Hunter World voices the two characters in it, but he's a DM and he is awesome at it. Wow. So I've been okay. watching those in most of my free time. Uh, I actually don't have a lot of games played this week because I was watching that and planning out my own stuff because it's, you know, I'll be like, oh, that gives me an idea, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm not going to blatantly rip anything off, but I have have had some ideas come from things I've seen. Um, yeah. Which so is Achievement Hunters and what was the other one? Critical Role. Critical Role. Critical Role. I'm literally putting these down in my notes so I can check them out at some yep. time. Um, so. It Me JP on Twitch has several long-running D&D series going. Mm. Um, his VODs are behind a paywall, but YouTube is not. So you can yeah. find them on YouTube and 
get all the VODs and back uh, watch. Um, yeah, and I had I'm way behind on JP stuff, but I started watching one of the current series. Kind mm-hmm. there's there's an episode fifty mark on their Court of Swords is the title of it. On that at the episode fifty, a new player came in uh, because they were rotating out the fourth player, mm-hmm. and now the fourth is permanent uh, Ezekiel the third, and he's awesome. Uh, but he completely his character his personality really did a lot to change the show. Mm-hmm. So from episode fifty on, it's basically its own. You don't have to watch the previous fifty to know to get understand what's going on, so to speak. Okay. Um, so it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I've been looking for a good or a couple because you know me, I fucking get off on YouTube videos and yeah. binge every one of them. But uh, I've been trying to find something that's close to like Table Flip. I don't know if you ever watched Table Flip. That was the Game Grumps uh, board and card game channel they had for. A while. I've I've seen them play a couple. I don't know if I'm. Was it a separate channel? Uh, it might not. No, it wasn't a separate channel. It was. Okay. It was a. It was a, It was just a, a separate series. Yeah. Aside from Game Grumps and everything. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Then then I've seen them play some. Like I watched them play uh, Cards Against Humanity and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. 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 I get. I mean, I I could just shout them out uh, if if you don't know who Game Grumps are. Wow. <laughs> because they're pretty. They're pretty up there in the YouTube spectrum. But uh, they had a side like tangent type show called Table Flip, where they would play different board slash card games. Uh, episodes are usually about an hour or so long, maybe, but they would always go over. They would completely go over the rules at the beginning, and it was just them just goofing off and playing the game. Mm-hmm. It was where that I. It was where I first saw and picked up uh, One Night Ultimate Werewolf. That's my. That's the main game. I think they had. I think they played that game two or three times in that on that show, and oh man, I fucking love that game. But. I've been trying to find a D and D style uh, YouTube channel that has you know that you know it's fucking multiple mm-hmm. cameras on the table. It's them actually. Uh, the podcasts are fine. I have no problem listening to podcasts, but I would like to see that in person. I like to have cameras on their faces, and I like it to be lighthearted. Like I'm all yeah. about being super real about D and D, and I get it's it can get super fucking serious. But and even you'll even I've picked it up from Jer- uh, Pro Jared. I like fucking laid back. You know, I like mm-hmm. when they when they have these wacky fucking adventures and they actually let shit flow instead of you know strict choreographed uh, storylines. So I'll check these out and see if any of them uh, if any of them catch 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 a good vibe from. I I would say save Critical Role for last because it's mm-hmm. like a four year backlog. So oh, wow. if you like Critical Role, you're not going to watch the others. Right, so right. take a look at the others first. Get through okay. those, and then watch Critical Role. So, Chris, for you, we got new job. Yep. We got Pokemon uh, tabletop game, D&D tabletop. Yep. What else? So, I want to have a little chat. Oh, shit. About Whatever Secret of Mana. Oh, okay. I'm interested. I haven't played it yet, so no spoilers. But you played the old one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I, I and I... I never did. At least I never beat it if I did. Um, yeah. I vaguely remember like loading it up on an emulator, but I don't remember anything beyond that. Mm. But this has been one of the most frustrating experiences I've had in an old-school RPG. 
Holy Jesus, really? I I mentioned last time that the AI is stupid. Yeah. I I can deal with that. You know, I can go grind out a couple levels to uh in in weaker areas so they don't die in, you know, two hits because they're so under leveled and get them up fairly, you know, I think on my save file they're now a level or two below me, which is pretty good considering they were constantly dead early on. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I'm getting into areas where I zone in and they immediately die and I'm almost dead immediately wow. upon zoning in the screen. Wow. And Jesus. reviving in that game is not cheap. Mm-hmm. If you don't, if you don't have an end nearby, you're screwed. And yeah. I actually turned the game off. Uh, this was Wednesday. I turned the game off completely because I was going through a dungeon and I'm I'm struggling. It's rough. You know, I had revives going in, used them all. I was running low on health items. I get to, I believe, was the final room uh, where I expected to fight the boss or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which I'll typically have to solo the bosses if I don't murder them immediately. But that's not, you know, the point. So I'm in the room. I'm like, all right, go up. I don't know. I don't know if uh, if it's like this in the old one, but you have these gems you have to use a certain spell on. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So I get there. My spellcaster's dead. I have no revives. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, okay. So I go to run out of the dungeon. I run through all the enemies because they're, like I said, in this dungeon in particular, they're one-shotting me. Mm. Uh, are not one-shotting me, but they're one-shotting the NPCs, and they're doing a lot of damage to me. This is, man. So I run out. And I get to the entrance, and the entrance has a stupid enemy you can't pass. You have to mm-hmm. kill it. Yeah. And I die. <clears throat> and I turn the I game do, off. I do remember, like most RPGs, I do remember grinding in this game. Okay. So maybe maybe you got to fucking suck up the buttercup and do that a few times. Uh, I don't... It's It's been so long since I played this game, because I think you can upgrade your... I think your magic upgrades over time as you as you level yeah, up. I, yeah. So it's not, and I don't know if this changed, but the way it works in the remake is you use the spell and it levels up, or you mm-hmm. use the 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 esper element, whatever you want to call it. I don't guardian. Yeah. I don't remember yeah. what they're called in the game. Yeah. Um, but you use it, any spell and it levels up. That guardian didn't realize that's how it worked. Yeah. So my stuff was all at level zero until mm. like Wednesday. But now everything's up to where it should be. And I can kill enemies when I have the magic. Um, It's just the whole, like, the archer guys shoot me as soon as I'm on screen. I can't go anywhere. Mm. And it knocks you back. So, And the shots are staggered just enough to where you get hit, you move up an inch, get hit again, move up an inch, get hit. So you can't get out of the way. Um, Yeah. And there's no way to counter. There's no shield. It sounds like they kept a lot of uh, the, a lot of the actual mechanics and the physicality of the game intact because that's that was something I remembered. It, it it 
it was and was not a problem, but it it would be like you would get hit by an enemy and you would get up and immediately get hit by something else. Mm-hmm. Like it seemed like you it seemed like you were trying to plan what you were doing in the animation of you getting up and even then it didn't work. You just fucking got up and got smacked by something else. Yeah. Uh yeah, it w- I don't know. I wish I knew what to tell you. I this is one of my top RPG top Super Nintendo RPGs. I love this game to death. Uh I I have this to buy. I'm literally waiting on payday to drop so I can finally get my <laughs> fucking money in my account. I'm going to buy this game. And even then I won't because of what I'm about to tell you in my week. I don't even know when I'm going to get to play this game. All right. But once I do uh yeah, I'll be able, I'll be able to give you an actual review of what I think. I could probably play the Super Nintendo version right now and relive memories and tell you what I think about the old version, but it's not really going to do a lot of justice for you playing the remake. Yeah, I think it is a grinding thing. Yeah. Um, because, and I'm, I've been streaming, so I'm trying not to just go grind because that's boring. <clears throat> but this yeah. may be a game where I split between stream and off stream. And off stream, yeah. I'll do the boring stuff. And then when I'm ready to actually go to the dungeon or tempo or whatever, then I'll stream or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it may, and it's an RP, it's, it, I mean, it's a pseudo RPG. So, I mean, don't, don't feel ashamed. That's sometimes you got to do that shit. Yeah. So very frustrating. And that's actually, I think the only video game, not phone related, and those are boring. I'm not even going to talk about them. <laughs> um, that keep I played that, this week. Keep that filth away from our podcast. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else? Nope. All right. Well then. Time to roll into my week. This is going to be a very, very, well, I don't think, okay, so the week before last, I've already seen Black Panther, and I've already talked about that for mm-hmm. a minute, and you haven't seen it yet, correct? Right. Right, so I don't, yeah, I won't be able to f- go balls to the wall on that till you actually do, and even so, that was a week ago, two weeks ago, so that's 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 been the past. Uh... The the one random movie that I have watched, I was I'm actually watching it right now. I was an hour into it when you uh, messaged me and said, "Hey, I'm ready to go." It's a game called uh, the game. It's a movie called The Ritual. I want to say it's a Netflix original movie, and it's right it's right up my alley. Fucking four guys getting lost in the woods, and it's kind of a Blair Witch scenario, but mm-hmm. way more intense. Uh, I'm really, really fucking digging this movie because <sighs> end of time cast statement from Michael. I loved the Blair Witch Project. I fucking loved that movie. And it scared the absolute dog shit out of me <laughs> in the fucking daytime when I was in my own fucking house. That's how bad it was back in the day. I love that movie. I love the, the, uh, the hand cam. I love the the thing the fact that you couldn't see the witch. I love everything about that movie. I I will never shut up about that movie. This is not hand cam. This uh, you may get to see what's out there in the woods because they're already fucking starting to bring it toward the camp that these guys are in. But I don't know. I'll I'll be the final judge when the movie's finished after this podcast. So far, I'm fucking all into it. Video games. So oh boy. Where to fucking begin? I like that. So, last week, uh, 
I, I forget what game I had just beaten, but I told you this is usually a time where I get into that turmoil where I start playing a shit ton of games because I can't decide what I want to play. And holy shit, Chris, this entire week, uh, that mentality did not happen at all. Because 104 hours, Chris. Okay. <laughs> 104 hours, Chris. Do you know what I'm talking about? In what? Take a wild guess of what I right now, as I could swap the screen and check it again, but I'm at 104 hours. What video game do you think I'm playing right now that I played for 104 hours? I I don't know. Not show the Colossus, huh? Wouldn't, couldn't oh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, not Shadow of the Colossus. It couldn't be Shadow of the Colossus because you can beat that game in like 20, 25 hours. And even if you do the time trials, that's, that's maybe another 50. So it's not that. Horizon Zero Dawn, maybe it's that because you would agree that's kind of a long game. Mm-hmm. But even then, I'd have a lot more to report than just 105 hours. There were some Steam games I was talking about in Justice 2. No, I wouldn't have put, even though I will, I haven't put that much time into that game. What game was I talking about playing that I could have possibly put over 100 hours into as of right now? It's not Persona 5, is it? I have fucking done it, bruh. I am finally fucking balls deep into Persona 5. Okay. Man, let me tell you. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck has happened. (laughs) I wish I could explain it, and I'm going to try my best because the past two to three weeks, all I've been is, Chris, I'm on the fence. Mm -hmm. Chris, it's kind of mediocre, bro. It's not horrible, but it's not great either. I don't know. It's middle ground. Now, last episode... Uh, it was revealed that you started playing it as well, yeah. and you were giving me some insight into what your playthroughs have been like, what you've been going through. We kind of had a little bit of parlay back and forth about our experiences with it. And I told you that I think one of the reasons why I wasn't even 51% into that game's favor was that I, I feel like there were things about it I didn't understand. Yes. Like the, the, uh, the personas, the way mm-hmm. that the, the, the combining, registering, releasing, right. all that shit. The levels involved with them, they're, all that shit. They're uh, get, trying to figure out how to actually, what all things you needed to do to get actual uh, social stats up correctly. Mm-hmm. What things you need to do to try to get, what links, sh- what confidence, confidants should you actually be per- paying attention to? How to actually get there, all this shit. And I said with no hesitation that, you know what, I've put 50-something hours in this game and there's still shit that I don't understand. This game has been constantly holding my hand and I am such a fucking dumbass that even with this game holding my hand and guiding me along the way, I think it was a matter of there was just so much shit I was losing focus of everything. I said I need, I I was going to go and do some homework and try to get and try to connect all the dots and make the shit actually fucking work. And I did. 
I watched some YouTube videos, basically just generic fucking YouTube tutorials, which I'm sure somebody's going to email us and go, man, all this shit was told to you in the game. I don't know what your problem was. My problem was I'm a dumbass. I've got no problem admitting that. <laughs> but I took the time because at that point, last episode, I have already put 50 hours into a game. Right. In my day, you just beat an RPG. Yes. In my day, you've beaten three games in 50 hours, okay? If I'm 50 hours into a game that touts, quote-unquote, oh, you can get more than 100 hours out of this game, and I don't understand things, there's a problem. And I'll wholeheartedly admit the problem was on me. So I did my homework, and I watched some videos, and I put some more pieces together. I figured out how actual combinations work. I figured out how confidant levels actually increase whenever you're doing the combinations. I figured out how uh, there's actually specific choices that you should try to pick that will actually boost your confidant levels up faster if you're selecting them during your hangout times. Right. I I got a a reminder of all the different ways that you can boost your social stats and how important that is and so on and so on and so on. I do not believe I am still a subject matter expert in Persona 5, but I still I now have a much much larger grasp of what's going on. And the fucking beauty of that is, Chris, now that I understand what's going on, this game's fucking great. <laughs> Dude, I there is so much shit that has been flying over my radar because I've had this fucking mediocre gray cloud I don't know attitude and stumble fucking my way through this game that now I wonder how I'm going to play other fucking RPGs now. There are so <laughs> many good things about this game. Number 1 the music is great. Okay, I have been humming the tunes to this game all week long. All week long, I've had study sessions at work because I'm taking a I'm taking a test for something military related, and I've had background music playing, and it's been fucking the, the Persona Five soundtrack. Music's great. Characters, they all have great character development. All of them, they all have a progressive development, and and the more you hang out with them, the more you learn about them and get to do things with them, and you're not just learning generic shit about your characters. It's upgrading. It's it gives them. It helps you, and it helps them. The main story of Persona Five. Every time I'm going through a palace, now I'm like, man, what's going to happen next? What is the next thing that they're going to do? The battle system. The, the, the going out into the world and being able to sneak around and get, you know, to, to pretty much always be able to take the advantage of your enemies and then being severely punished if you didn't or if you fucked it up. Uh, this, I mean, it, we've, we've had this since Colonel Trigger where there's been enemies out in the field and you can, you can fight them or you can run around them. And in this game, if you tack, if you if you do your actions right, you will always have a, dis, a clear battle advantage. The in battle shit, there, I I now see things that, well, this is not now, but I've seen stuff in this game that I can respect even if I haven't played the old personas. The ability to press one fucking button, Chris, and go, oh, okay, if you forgot that weakness, we'll just go straight to it for you. Yeah. Yeah, you could say that's kind of cheap, but it helps out when you're like, oh man, there's four different enemy types on the screen. 
I really forget what that one's weakness is. Uh, oh yeah, you do know the weakness. It's this. Go for it. Yeah, that's fucking great. That's a that's a little quality of life thing that helps you out. Uh, every enemy having a weakness and you having to figure out the weakness. Every enemy being you can recruit every enemy and you have to negotiate with them to get them on your side. You can lose the negotiation, which means they'll say fuck you, or they can hire more people right then to come kick your ass. You can you can bum money off of them. You can bum items off of them. You can use attacks. You can use guns. You can use magic. You can use items. You can run. You can inspect. You can do all kind of shit. And all of this is done in a very stylistic way. It's all done with its own, its own flair, its own pizzazz, and it's very fucking catchy. Chris, there was a time where I was, I was in a fight somewhere. I forget what this was for, but I didn't have, uh, I didn't have Morgana with me. And I was doing a battle. I think it was just Joker, the main character. He was right. doing a fight. And it was, I attacked, I attacked, I attacked. The fight was over. I missed having Morgana there to go, way to go, Joker. <laughs> oh, man, that was great. Man, you're fucking awesome, Joker. Because she, 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 he, I don't know yet. But hey. Morgana does that throughout the whole fight. They all, he, he, he rallies everybody on. And hearing that banter and the, the, the attack sound effects and the enemies screaming and hollering and you saying shit, all of that makes those battles so active that when you don't have that, it's boring. I will go play Final Fantasy Four and do the fights in there, and I'm like, man, I got the battle music and I got the sound effects, and that's it. It's beautiful. It's Final Fantasy. I love it to death. But when you have such a kinetic battle system like Persona 5 has, and you go play something else, you get the volume turned way down. Way down. I still hold to my statement that there is still a shit ton to do in this game on any given daily basis. Yep. But you will find, you will find it's okay. I used to panic. In that first palace, I was panicking. And I had no fucking need to because I would blow through that palace. I would do like two, two, basically two save rooms worth of work in a day. And then, so basically I could, I could be done with that entire dungeon in like three in-game days. They give you two weeks. Like they give you ample time. It just makes you think that you don't. Now that I know to look hard. at the, yeah. Now that you, uh, Jesus Christ, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I've said any spoilers before now, but if I did, I'm sorry. Spoiler warning for for Persona Five. Sorry if I fucked that up. You did. Uh, now that I know to just uh, duh, Michael, just go look at the calendar in your menu screen, and it tells you a deadline for throwing out the calling card and a deadline for doing the last fight. That's all I need because now I can plan. I can go, okay, I could probably spend a good three to four days doing whatever and then go, okay, now I want to do a section of the palace, you know. Uh, What I don't, I know why they do it. I'm smart enough to understand why they do it, but what I don't like, and you brought this up last podcast episode as well. Okay. I don't like how they just fucking blow you through days. Yeah. Like if you're in between palaces, you see, you've noticed this too, right? If you're in between palaces, it's like 
go here. Oh, we're going to go over here and talk to this person. Get done talking to that. Oh, we're going to go over here and do this thing. Oh, next day's over. Yeah, like oh, we're you wake up and they're like, oh, what do you want to do? Oh, no, 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 no. You're just going to go here and do this. They blow you through like four or five days worth of content and you have maybe two choices on your own to make. The rest of them are made for you. Oh, man. Yeah, especially after the first palace. Right. It's like the now, immediately five days where yes. you can't do anything. Yep. Now, I know why they do it. I, I'm I'm understanding that this game is set in like a it's set in a time period. Mm-hmm. It's the whole entire story takes place over so many months, like seven, eight, nine. I don't know. And these the main story parts, the palace parts, are put into specific weeks of months. And if you were to just start blowing your days, if you weren't following the strict canon. You could probably fuck up the the you know the calendar timeline, so that's why they and they they have days worth of narrative to build this up. It's that's just another good point to the game's favor. Like they don't just oh hey there's a dungeon go. See? They spend days worth of building that up as a narrative. So I get it. I don't like it because I, I'm like I I, I want to go do this. I want to go to the big the big fucking burger thing. I want to go to the shop. I want to do this. And they're like, no, 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 no. We're going to go talk to this girl today. I'm like, my days. I, I get that. And I'm okay with them, you know, taking part of the day to tell a story, but don't take the entire day. Yes, give I, me the night. Give me the morning. Give me something to work with. You can have the rest. At least let me yeah, do one thing on a day. You can, you can still lock the day you know, you could lock the morning up and then I could I'm allowed to do something in the evening or afternoon. I'm going to have to go to bed afterward. Mm-hmm. There's going to come a point where it's like, OK, I can do nothing else. Go to sleep. You still gave me what you wanted me to have in the day. And I got to make a choice at night or flip or flip it around. I get to choose something in the morning before school. Hell, even let me go to school and do a quiz at least. <laughs> don't don't let me wake up and go, hey, we're going to go talk to Ryuji. And you see the calendar go morning, after school, afternoon, evening. Like What the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck just happened? That's a whole half a fucking day gone. Uh, but, um, man, I, what do, whatever the fuck happened, whatever finally worked, I think I found this out about, I think this game has made, made, made me come to the realization that if I don't understand something, that leads to me not liking it. Well, no, <laughs> let's, let's, let's not say that because it's not that, again, I, I stand by this. It wasn't that I didn't not like Persona 5. It was that I was lukewarm on it. Right. I didn't... It, 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 it was a combination of me spending 65 bucks on this brand new game, mm-hmm. having everybody around me saying, number one, this is a game of the fucking year material, and two, this comes from a series that is a rival to Final Fantasy, so if you love Final Fantasy, you should love this. And me trying to figure out everything in the game and trying to make it all make sense... Now that I have, I'm all in. 104 hours all in. Number one, I saw, I saw shit about this game where they said, oh, you're definitely going to get 80 plus hours in this game. Again, not tuning me and Chris's horns here, but if you're telling me over 80 hours, that was an average RPG for us back in the day. Okay. If we were going to play Final Fantasy VII, we were going to put somewhere close to 80 hours, period. That wasn't us 
dumping 60 hours of grind content. That was just us playing the game. So saying 80 hours, oh, that's good, cool, but you're not, that's not, you're not blowing the roof off the house with that. I did see a lot of people say that you're going to get well over 100 hours in this game. I'm going to tell you right now, Chris, where I am in this game, I don't feel like I'm even, I may be halfway or maybe a little over halfway through. I know, I know there's more shit to do because apparently this story doesn't even come close to an end until December. Right. I'm in July or August right now. So, yeah, there's a lot, a lot more to do. Hmm. I'm enjoying it. I'm, I've got a good pace of what I'm doing. I've got a better understanding of what's going on. I can manage my days and nights better. I can manage my parties. Uh, I, I'll stick by another thing I told you that I, that I'm really good at doing now. I will, when I do finally go into a palace, now I'm so fucking blase about it. My second and third palace, I was like, oh yeah, day one, I'm going in. I got to go in. I have to go in. Now I'm like, maybe I won't go in. <laughs> maybe maybe I'll go fucking study for a couple days. Maybe I'll go hang out with some friends or go do this. And maybe I'll get to that because now I know it's it's a hard deadline, but they give you so much time. They give you so much time. You just don't think you have enough time. But when I do go into a dungeon, I will basically sit in that dungeon. I will go as far as my my SP is my limiter. When yeah. I when I get to that last battle where I don't have enough SP to where I can't finish that battle or I barely scrape by, I go back to a save room and I leave. Then I'll spend a few, a couple days, a few days, four or five, I don't know, whatever I feel like is comfortable, and I'll go do stuff. I'll go hang out with people with confidants, go read books, do the big burger quiz, whatever, whatever I can do. When I go to a... uh mementos i will try to start maybe a few levels above my bare minimum and i'll use that as a grind fest i i will grind my money in mementos and i'll grind my levels in the in the palaces okay and again either one either in mementos either the end it will be my limit and even sometimes then i'll just start backtracking i'll just go back up through levels or SP will be my limit if I run out. Because the great thing about this game is if you're in mementos or you're in a palace, your time is stopped. You can spend however the fuck long you want to in a palace or mementos. It does not affect your world time clock. So grind away. Do do anything you feel you got to do. You're, you're not a hell by limit. When you get out in the real world, you got to watch what you're doing. <laughs> So that's uh whew, that's been my thing. I have I have been eagerly awaiting coming home to play this game. So it's been good times for me, man. Have when do you think you're gonna be able to play some more Persona Five? Or do you wanna play more Persona Five? I do want to play more. Um I kind of loaded up Secret of Mana because I knew I was going to be flying out the next day, so I didn't want to really get involved in Persona 5 because yeah. that is a game you get involved in. Oh, um, yeah. So I was like, all right, I want to play something that I'm not going to you know, worry about too much. And I was like, all right, I'll load up Secret of Mana. And I yeah. I put in another four hours worth <laughs> into it, and then I turned it off because I got frustrated. Um, but I will 
So I have some more paperwork to do for my new job tomorrow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll probably start because I don't know how much game time I'll get after the 5th. Um, yeah. I'm not sure how demanding my new job will be, but I will be working from home. So, you know, I'll have nice. that going for me. Nice. Um, I just have to get that, you know, schedule going, that balance going, uh, and get into a routine where I know how much time I have to play and I'm yeah. not, you know, not working because of it. But I will. Well, yeah, it's, it's no rush whenever you want to get back into it. I'm just, I'm glad that you and I will both be playing a game at the same damn time that we're both interested in. Mm-hmm. And I, I know it, t- it took a bit. It, God, fucking bless America. I have it on podcast record that it took me over 50 hours <laughs> to get into this game. But I mean, dude, it's to the point to where the, the day after the podcast, I think I had made the statement that I was, I was bouncing between games as normal and I would go play some things. That next day, I played a little bit more of Horizon Zero Dawn. I played, I played like one or two more Colossi. I, I forget what Steam games I just kind of bounced in and out of. And then after that, when I put P5 back in, I was gone. Just flew like a rocket through my house. Just but touching back on the point I was trying to make earlier, I have discovered this is a personal life-learning thing that I have probably known about myself, but P5 has made me come to an actual factual realization if I don't understand something, it makes me kind of wane on it or maybe even not like it. Another another prime example, uh, and Adam can attest to this, uh, I played uh, Valkyria Chronicles for a while. I think I was, I mean, I was, it took me up to the point of, us, of me getting my own actual barracks and being able to fuck with my own crew for me to go, oh, this game, it has stuff. Oh, yeah. Once I understood the game and got, once all the pieces connected, I was in hog's heaven. So whatever it took for P5 to finally do it, it has now gotten me to the point where I come home from work. I spend four or five minutes doing my personal shit. I turn that fucking PS4 on and until I pass out in my <laughs> chair and my wife throws me over her shoulder and throws me into the bedroom and says, go to sleep, asshole. <laughs> I am on P5. Uh, another cool thing is, and I, I don't know her schedule is so wonky right now. She kind of does, but kind of doesn't have time to play games. She actually picked it up and started playing it. Nice. She put a, she put a couple hours into it. Now, and I, I hope she hears this because I want to chastise her. She's kind of <laughs> cheating. And it's understandable because this game it, it looks fucking great. It's it's an it's a beautiful game. But I'll catch her watching me play, and I'm like, "You're spoiling everything for yourself. Don't look at this." And she's like, "I want to look." So, I, but, I I never talked about when uh, we played Mass Effect, did I? I don't think so. So we were playing. I had bought Mass Effect three, or I think I bought the whole series because three was out, and I hadn't played any. But uh, she's a fan of the series. Um, so I played through one, and then we actually started taking turns playing. Oh, nice. So I would see what she was doing, so I'd know what decisions she made. And I'd be like, well, okay, I'll do the same one, or no, I'm going to do the other one, or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then she'll watch me play and do the same thing. So it was nice. an interesting little back and forth playing. It was, it was all right. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's really good for a game like that. That has That'd be interesting to do for like... Like maybe uh, The Walking Dead 
because mm-hmm. that game has so many branching paths. You can totally fuck. You can go down a whole different area that you know she didn't go down. Right. Yeah, that's definitely interesting. But yeah, I mean, she may or may not get into it. My my wife is a very peculiar beast. She about <laughs> video games. Like she loves she loves Final Fantasy fourteen. She'll play that to no end. But with other games, you know, she's not she's she's not like me. She's not a gamer gamer. I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean she didn't grow up with a controller in her hand for twelve hours every single day. Right. That wasn't her thing. So for her to find games that she's interested in, number one, is kind of rare. And even then, it's it, it's just give or take. Her schedule is so off right now. Really, all she ever wants to do is either study, get her homework done, or go to sleep. So yeah, maybe with that. this new with this new job she has, she'll have she'll have a better repetitive schedule. And you know, hey, and I've told her several times, do not let me be a hindrance. I play. I am now up to hundred something hours in this game. I'm okay with turning it off and letting you play it. If you want to play, just let me know. So I really hope she gets into it. It's a, I, I would think if a, if a dummy like me can play that game and understand it and get interested in it, I'm sure she could blow it out of water. And I hope she does. In any event, at the end of the day, this game's good for me so far. I didn't, I, I, I'm telling you, man, this is no fucking lie. Around that 50 hour mark, uh, as of last episode, I was starting to get really upset and worried. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I, this is a, <laughs> and yes, it is partially because this game was touted so high, but just a general fucking me thing. I paid sixty five fucking dollars for this game, yeah. and this is an RPG, and this has so many good qualities, and it's supposed to be up there with the fucking the the greats of RPGs of all time. What is my fucking problem? Like I can't believe I can't. I was on the fence of going, man. I should just trade this shit back in for credit. <laughs> There's gonna be a fucking double point credit system coming up in a few days. I'll turn a coupon in and I'll get like forty bucks for this game and go find something else. Mm-hmm. Now that I've done my homework, now that I know a good eighty-five to ninety percent of what the fuck I'm actually doing, it's the, it opened up. Now, now I'm less focused on. I'm less focused on me scratching my head and going, man, I'm, I'm just kind of pressing these buttons. I'm just kind of doing this with this persona and I hope it works out. I hope I'm doing okay to, okay, this does this because of this, which factors into this, which helps this, which does this. Boom. And now I can just look at the game and go, Oh, this has a lot of shit. There are a lot of RPG mainstays in this game from old RPGs, but there are a lot of new things that I don't get in other RPGs that I hope they come through. Again, the fucking battle system alone. I it's it's so kinetic. It's so energetic and catchy and upbeat and it's there's there's it has English acting. It has English voice acting and it doesn't even get annoying. I I can't say this enough. <laughs> I fucking love hearing Ryuji scream in that game when he calls a persona, when he makes an attack. He's just yeah. like, ah, I love that. It it puts you in that game so well in those battles. And to go back to like an old school turnstile, just music and sound effects RPG, whew, it's, whew, man, I'm telling you, you're coming off a fucking high from Persona 5. So I'm enjoying it. I will continue to be playing it. I'm pretty sure you're going to hear more shit like this again. 
Uh, I, how many palaces are you into it, Chris? I've only beat one. I don't have the second one available yet, but I've met the character. Okay, I've, and again, man, you know me. I don't, I'm not. I'm not a fucking dick waving guy. I don't care. I just want to. I'm, I'm asking you so I know what shit I can and right. can't say. Yeah. Because I am one, two. I want to say I'm on my. I want to say I'm on my fourth palace. Mm-hmm. I think I'm got that right. I think I'm on my fourth palace. See the first one, and then it was the, the, that person. And the, yes, yes, I am on my fourth palace. And again, I'm I'm looking at the calendar, and from what I'm hearing, this game, the 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 story itself is supposed to end in December. Mm-hmm. And at first, when I saw that, I'm like, whoa, this fucking story starts in January, February, March. It starts in May. It's not a long story at all. Where's this hundred hours coming from? And now I'm like, oh, 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 I get it. Yep. Uh, if I am going too slow, if where I am is like way behind, I don't give a fuck. It, that shit does not bother me at all. I am getting so much content out of this game. And this is me just gushing about the game itself. I haven't even really gone into the story aspect and all the different stories with every character and all your confidants. It's, it's, it's so good. Maybe, uh, maybe next week should be the persona five cast. Sure. You know what? I will totally say that we need to save that when we both beat this game, we need to have a P five. Okay. The whole fucking episode. We could take some notes and we can just talk about this game. Now, just so I don't put anybody else in the victims category, would I say this is one of my top five RPGs or ten RPGs of all time? I wouldn't go that far yet. <laughs> I would want to beat this game before I even tout any type of fucking power level for an RPG. Right. What I will say right now is that I was on the fence I didn't, I didn't dislike it. I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I was just meh about this game for 50 fucking hours. And then it just, whatever it took for me, what had to be done for me happened. The magic worked. The fucking moons lined up. The blood god came down and said, you're going to like this game. And I went, I like this game. So here I am liking this game. And that's pretty much pretty much been my week I, I have no other games i have other games i will be playing i will be getting back to horizon zero dawn to tell you the truth bruh it's probably going to be one of them things where i've dumped so many hours into p5 i'm going to get in horizon zero dawn and go i don't fucking know where i am let's just <laughs> and i'm so early in the game i may or may not just start the game yeah. over but um have you seen and i'm kind of moving on if you're Okay, if you're yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit of news. Did you see the rumors about the uh, Switch Smash game? No. Yeah, there's apparently some more rumors going around now about the uh, that one will be released this year for oh, the Switch. Um, okay. Nothing, nothing I would consider reliable, but apparently a lot of uh, gaming journalism websites think it's a good enough lead to report on it uh fairly i mean they're still saying it's a rumor but they're not you know this uh what's the word they're not they're not uh basically saying it's wrong or you know there's no way they're not uh they're not discrediting discrediting that's the word 
Thanks. I'll yeah. expect my form in the payments of cookies, Chris. <laughs> That's right. Better Amazon Prime me some cookies. You know where I live. Uh, actually, do I know your new address? No, you Didn't you not. move? I'll, I'll, shit, I have to get that to you. Yep. No cookies for you, then. Send send all your cookies to this address, <laughs> to 74921 uh, Red Grove Street, Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> Just fucking making up an address, and some guy's like, where the fuck are these cookies coming from? What the fuck is in the time cast? <laughs> That'd be awesome. Just saying. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, so I just saw that pop up, and I thought you'd be interested in hearing about it. I, well, before I tell you mine, tell me your history with Smash. I, so, I like it as a game, but I'm not big into watching it or anything like that, so I'm very mm. casual player of it. Ditto. I'm not competitive in the least. I suck at the game. Um... I can at least beat the children when we play, you know, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I uh I was I was dating a girl whose brother played Smash for the 64 around the time it was released. Mm-hmm. So I knew the OOG one, not you know fucking trying to show my age here, but then there was was it? It was melee next on the GameCube, yeah, and then brawl on the Wii. Yeah, uh, I, I actually my first deployment with the military in the desert. A friend of mine had a GameCube, and he had a had four or five different games. He just let me borrow his GameCube in the desert because he had other <laughs> systems with him, and one of them was melee. Now, again, because I'm not. Uh, just like you said, I am a casual fighting game player. I can see the game and not fully understand all the lingo, the terminology that goes along around like tournament tournament level lingo, but I see what goes on and I can respect it. I just don't do it. I don't compete. I'm not I'm not that good. I'll put the game on average fucking difficulty and beat the game, but I'm a completer type of gamer. So when I beat the storyline of Killer Instinct, when I beat the storyline of Injustice 2, etc., etc., I mean, I, I, I could probably take the games online, but I probably won't. And that whole mentality carried over to Smash Brothers for me. When I played Melee, I had fun. Basically, I had fun checking all the boxes. There's there's the main story mm-hmm. line of Melee. All the characters have their own kind of sort of pseudo storyline playthrough. They have what equated to achievement style things you could yeah. do in the game, and I did all those. I tried to unlock all the characters and all that stuff. I didn't finish but, that. That was rough. Yeah, there was. Yeah, that shit got hairy at the end. And plus, I mean, eventually my tour stopped, so I had to give him his GameCube back. Even when I had Melee on my own, uh, e- even. But th- that's not the killer, though. The killer is even when I was done with all that, there was nothing left for me. I didn't want to fight the computer anymore because I didn't fought enough to get this shit unlocked and I didn't have anybody around to fight with so and play with and online wasn't a thing for me back then so the game kind of went. I have never played Brawl. I've played it here and... Actually, I mean, I've played it like here and there but nothing, nothing like all the... Nowhere near the hours I put in the melee. When I hear news like a new brawl is coming, a new smash is coming to the Switch, 
fuck yeah, I, I'm all down for it because I support Nintendo and I, I, it, I, it's cool to see what characters they're gonna put in, but it's not a, it's not a hit news thing for me. Right. But is it a news thing? Period. Oh fuck yeah, Smash. No. Yes, I'm not, I'm not fucking dumb. It's that's a big <laughs> news deal. Yeah, there's also uh, talking about uh, existing games. Supposedly, there's a Spyro remaster. Yep, yep, coming. Yep. I uh, I played Spyro a couple times back in the day. I played halfway through the first one, and that's it. Spyro for me was always kind of a. It was a, it was okay. It didn't blow my socks away, but it yeah. did have collectathon. It had a collectathon mentality to it, and that always appeals to me. But it just it, it lacked an umph for me. Mm-hmm. If that if that makes any sense, you know. It just... No, I agree. I played the first one, and I actually have one for the Wii, which I played more. Um, but it's certainly one of those games where I went back to it because I haven't beat it. Mm-hmm. But I loaded up my save, and I was like, I have no idea what any of the buttons do. I don't know what moves I have. I'm gonna have to start this over, and I haven't. Yeah, I never did. I think I, I think I played it on. I play, I played it a few years ago uh, via emulator, and meh. I mean, it just it, it's it's it it has it, it has the formula for what should grab me, but it just didn't grab me. It's fun. I can see how people would love it. Now, for it to get a remake. Again, just like Smash, I understand that's a big deal because Spyro was a big deal back in the day. Probably, well, maybe not a huge, it wasn't a huge deal, but it was up on the, I could see how it get, it gets roped into the same hype corral as say Crash Bandicoot. It's enough of an icon that they go, yeah, that's one we should do. I mean, all the Skylanders games are based in that universe too. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that came from Spyro. Which people are like, what's Spyro? Yeah, he's just a character in the game. Well, yeah. no, he's not well, just a character. <laughs> <laughs> what origins we have. Yeah. Well, Chris, any other news before we roll into to, uh, tonight's topic? Nope. Sweet. Well, ladies and gentlemen, tonight was, uh, tonight's topic was a pretty, pretty fun one for us to, well, for me anyway. I don't know about you. No. Oh, God. Okay. So, guys and gals, tonight's topic on this episode 31 of the End of Time podcast, I put a challenge out to Chris, which, again, it was a challenge for me as well. I don't always throw topics at him and already have the answers. I had to do it myself as well. The topic for tonight was, the premise of the topic is... You are a gamer, and I'm talking to you, the actual podcast listener. Let's say, if you're not, let's say you are. Let's say you are, this, equate this to you having a hobby or interest that you are all into. You are a subject matter expert on this. So you are the video game guy or the video game gal. You have somebody, a friend, family member, acquaintance, coworker, what the fuck ever. They come to you and they say, hey, I'm not, into this hobby like you are, but your passion inspires me. Like, I wish I could love my hobby half as much as you love this hobby. I'm interested in playing video games. I have very little experience with games. My, my, 
my parents had a Nintendo, and I kind of played a few odd games here and there. I've kind of played a few Wii games at some friend's house with groups of friends. I kind of know about Call of Duty, but never played it. I don't play sports games or whatever. They have a very, very minimalistic game experience. And they come to you, the gamer, and say, hey, would you please recommend me some games to play? Could you please recommend five? That is the number we picked, right, Chris? Five? Yes. Whew, thank God. Can you please recommend <laughs> five video games for me to play to basically show me the world of video games, to to give me a taste of what you go through, to showcase... I want you to pick these five games that showcase video games for me. Now, the rules that I gave Chris and myself... There were really rules. any. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There were none. <laughs> this spans across this I was panicking. <laughs> any platform. So Nintendo, PlayStation 4, Atari 2600, PC, Apple II. I don't care. If it's a video game, that it qualifies. Any game platform, any generation, it doesn't matter. You are challenged with, and I say this not only to me and Chris, but to you, the audience as well, because I would love to hear, I'd love to hear emails about this topic. We love to hear emails on any topic, but imagine that you, especially if you are a genuine uh, gamer listening to this podcast, somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I want you to give me five games that are going to showcase gaming to me. Now, other minutiae that you can go ahead and discard for this topic. Assume, politely, that they're not a fucking dumbass, okay? They have access to all these consoles, and either you're either going to hook them, hook, hook them up for them, or whatever. They're going to be competent enough, or maybe they don't, maybe they don't need to be competent enough to use the controls. You know, you're going to hook up a PS4. If you pick a PS4 game, you're going to have the PS4 hooked up. You're going to have the game there for them to access. You're going to drop the controller hand, tell them to press the power button, and you can say, go. And they, whatever happens from that point on, it happens. You're you're doing everything in your power to go. Hey, this is gaming. Okay, shows whatever whatever you want to show them about gaming. The idea is to hopefully get them into video games, and if it doesn't, it at least sheds a strong, positive, influential light on gaming as a whole for them. Now. Something I realized right off the fucking bat when I started making my list is I have fucked myself <laughs> by making this a five-game list. Chris and I talked about this topic, and we, we, we tossed around some numbers. We tossed around 25, 15, whatever. We stuck on five because, uh, if I remember right, if you hand somebody just five games, that's a very small number. You tell somebody, hey, I've got a top 25 video game list. Here's here's seven consoles and 25 games. Go. Now, that, that might be overwhelming to them. So we kind of picked a sort of low, pretty much a very low number because we didn't want to overwhelm them. That's That's a great mentality for Chris and I to have. The problem is it's only five video games. Holy shit. I I loved this idea, uh, but I am too analytical to, to make this shit happen. 
I fussed and fought and debated and had fucking spreadsheets and flow charts <laughs> and geometry and fucking soothsayers and astronomy. I, there was too much thought into this game. I struggled to in, get five. In, into these games. You struggled to get five yeah. as in narrow it down to five or just to pick five? To, pick, to come up with, to get to the number five, I struggled. I, wow. uh, and, and the fifth one I wrote down is kind of cheating. Um, oh, so I man. only really have four, but that's okay. Okay, well, I had the opposite effect. I had like 75 fucking games that I had to systematically root them out. Uh, I don't know how you did, how you got your list, but I'll tell you how I came up with mine, and we'll see how we want to discuss our games individually. Okay. When I, when, the first thing I did was start brainstorming. I just started throwing out fucking, yeah, good game, good game. That was my initial mindset, was just good game. What I next did was broke up into categories. So I picked out the, and if I'm being very generic, I, I picked out like of the 25 video game categories in existence, I picked out the five that I decided to go with. This way I didn't have three RPGs right. and one shooter and one. So I picked, I narrowed down the 20, 30, whatever 40 video game categories down to five. That was the hard part to start with, to pick the five genres that I wanted to do. There were some ones that I didn't pick for for various reasons, but at the end of the day, I I I had I have one platformer, one first person shooter, one MMORPG, one action, and one RPG. I was strongly debating on putting a sports game in there, but I couldn't. Yeah, I thought I about that too. I couldn't justify it. Number one, this is I'm telling you guys, I'm saying this I'm saying this shit off the fucking tongue, but it was with heavy heart that I made this list. This I put thought into this, okay? The reason why that I didn't pick for example, for one example, there's other fucking genres that didn't make this list, but the reason why I didn't pick sports specifically was because you can always go watch a sports event. Mm -hmm. If you're with a sports game, you are becoming the avatar of a football player or a baseball player or a MotoGP racer. There's some video game aspects to it with the, with the sense that you have agency in your hands. You have the controllability of a player in your hands. But if you play Madden, you're, the people around you are watching a football game. If you're mm -hmm. watching a football game, the only thing you're missing is having the control in your hand. And that's, that's the logic I could come up with. I just didn't see it. Even, even with sports game, number one, picking sports as a genre, what, what genre, what, what sports do you pick? Yeah. Because if you're just touting to, if, if there was a, 35-year-old man from Alabama, hey, you'd probably be, if I'm being strongly stereotyped, <laughs> you're probably okay giving this guy a probably the, the, the quote-unquote, the best Madden football game or the best college, you know, NCAA game because... Or you NASCAR. Will pick, or, yeah, <laughs> you will pick the cream of the crop via... I, I would go about it as 
asking people that do play this game, be it through forums or word of mouth, hey, what is the best NCAA football game, period? And I would judge, you know, how how easy it is for a newcomer to play this game, how easy the controls are to get, how they, mainly how they handle brand spanking new people to a NCAA football game. And I would pick the hand, the, the cream of the crop for that, and I would give that to that person and say, now this is your sports game. That's fine. What if you have a 17-year-old girl from Korea? Why the fuck would she want to play a football game? Maybe there's some Korean sport that she would want to play. She'd want to play StarCraft. Duh, of course she would. <laughs> what if you have a 49-year-old uh, man from Australia? Maybe, maybe soccer? I don't know. Probably, yeah. What if, what if you have a 26-year-old girl from uh, Ireland? Who knows? Maybe you, you, fucking NCAA may. Maybe it will appeal to her. Maybe she'll fucking play Madden 2007 and be like, "Fuck yeah!" You don't. You don't know. <laughs> so I just washed sports away, away, away from the list. Yeah. I'm trying to pull up video game genres right now. I'm sorry, I'm talking too much, Chris. If you have any input on how you picked your list, please. While I'm looking this so- up. Uh, I think I had a similar approach. I thought about, all right, what games do I want to, you know, throw on this list? So I got to thinking, okay, what games would I want a non-gamer to play to get into gaming? And the reason I had so much difficulty is because I can give recommendations to a gamer. You know, someone that already is in. I don't have to worry about getting them... uh, keeping them around. They're, they may or may not like my game, but they're still going to game. And that's yeah. okay, you know. Uh, we talk about everybody has opinions, but it's like, alright, this is a non-gamer. This is your mm-hmm. chance to make them want to play more games. Yeah. So it's like, okay, well, what would appeal to someone and make them want more? And then I was like, alright, my, my first one is fairly easy. I pretty much knew it from the start. I was like, mm-hmm. alright, now where am I going to go from here? And I was like, alright, well, let's look at the genre stuff so that's kind of how i approached and uh i didn't so much say okay i want one for this genre as i did okay how about this game yeah that's that genre okay not nothing else from that category um i'll tell you i don't have an rpg on my list okay that's fine that's that that is i think one of the most difficult ones because that's a time uh, uh, uh that's dedicated time yeah you can hop into pretty much any other game on my list and hop right out of it if you don't like it or if you uh, if you do like it and you want to play something else, you know, you've gotten the experience. An RPG yeah. is a a, a build-up. Yeah. You have to get there and someone's not going to spend 80 hours, you know, just to try out a game when they're not a gamer. Not usually. Yeah. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen, but not usually. Um, so that's why it's so tough for me because I was like, all right, I want games that have the most appeal so they would appeal to the most or the largest audience right and another thing about genres that made me pick the games that i picked or or the the genres that i picked was that if i'm showcasing that that i i focused in on that word i don't know if i've mentioned that word to you but i'm i mean you get the idea that's what this Mm -hmm. is you are showcasing video games as a whole. Hell, if you want to put a mental challenge to it, if you have parents that don't give two shits and a fuck about video games, try to sell video games to your parents. 
how do you do that? <laughs> what do you do? I mean, there's so many. Th- for me, I th- I say this as maybe as like a side tangent. If you ever want to get somebody into video games, period, show them either trailers or very very good cutscenes. Like I, I'm actually going to start doing that on my Facebook page, and maybe even on the End of Timecast Facebook page, I'm going to do like a showcase of like maybe movie scenes or or story scenes from different uh, video games to showcase that hey, this shit is actually legit. This is if you go out and watch a movie and you like the story of a movie, you're going to have scenes in games, if not whole entire story scenarios in games that rival that. If you yeah. like to read a book. Because you like the story in the book, you will like a video game because it's a story, with the caveat being it's interactive. Yeah. I mean, there are so many times, especially in 2015 on up, where you'll watch movie cutscenes, and it, even if it's not main s- scenarios, it could be snippets of different s- uh, story sections in a game where you're like, that's really damn good. Yeah. So... I'm going to start doing that on my own personal side, just showcasing some some random fucking video. I do it as it is now, but I kind of want to make it an official thing. But that's a good way to bring somebody into the gaming world, to go, look, okay, you may have this still even archaic view of video games are Mario and Sonic, video games are fucking Flappy Bird, video games are, I don't know, I hear all these kids talking about Call of Duty and shooting shit up, I don't know, whatever. Here is a cutscene from. Here's a cutscene from Wolfenstein 2, which shows <laughs> BJ Blaskovitz having a fucking father son conversation with, spoiler warning for, for Wolfenstein 2, having a very heartfelt, emotional, uh, conversation with his father, who you found out sold basically sold out the entirety of the United States to the Germans and also let his mother get kidnapped and taken away. Like this is there are there is depth in video games. And I think especially giving newer age games, when you show that depth to people, yes, even your parents or grandparents or people that just don't care about them, if you can talk to them and you can glean from them either one, they enjoy books, even if it's rarely. Two, they enjoy movies, even if it's rarely. Or even TV shows, even if it's rarely. If you can grasp that, okay, this person likes the idea of a story being told to them, you can, there is a wealth of video games that you can push to them and go, check this out. Mm-hmm. This is not just fucking Pac-Man and Sonic jumping around and Flappy Bird. This is depth. This is character development. This is real life issues or even fictional, fictional, uh, fictional storyline elements that happen, but are done. They're executed so fucking well. So going back to the list, as I was making a list, I said, okay, if I want to have a, a little, a little smorgasbord of, of video game genres that the genres themselves blare out to a person this is video games that helped me narrow down what i pick i picked an rpg but an rpg would made the last of my list because it is a long it is a long commitment mm-hmm. but rpgs to me for me are a huge staple in video games they travel all the way back to actual tabletop dnd mm-hmm. D- video games fantasy 
video games, fantasy fiction style world building and telling. Boom, that's an RPG. Action. Uh, there's been shit tons of action games. And action games can come from many varieties. Like a fucking fighting game is also an action game. But for somebody to engage with a video game and get and get good feedback and have a, a fast kinetic that's my word for tonight uh, I, I, I eat kinetic <laughs> I ate I ate kinetic for breakfast this morning but have a a very upbeat kinetic feel action game will give you that MMORPG this one was simple for me to pick because it seems like everybody under the fucking sun loves World of Warcraft so if if you could just throw a dart and 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 find a person that likes World of Warcraft, everybody can get into an MMORPG because there, as a at a minimum, there are two that people can play, and both of them are easy to get into, and they also lead you into a fantasy world. They let you become the an actual avatar in a huge, very well built, thoroughly built fantasy world. First person shooter, come on. Come on. Since Doom, people know what the fuck a first-person shooter is. And first-person shooters today are still evolving. That is a a video game staple. That is a staple genre right there. And and I know Adam would not agree with this one, but for me, platformers. Platformers Mm -hmm. have been around forever. For me, they've they've started with Mario. Of course, there have been platformers on Atari and below, but... That is yeah. for me. That that is my personal pick for a staple genre. Now you could people could argue that maybe Metroidvania is actually a staple one, and not just platformers. Maybe fighting games. That was another one that I almost made the list. I really, really wanted to put a fighting game on there because come on, Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, <laughs> those are kind of world iconic as a fighting as as a video game thing. Yeah, but I. Pulled that back and found something even better. I, I I actually had the game before I picked the genre, but I stuck with an action game. You can get action in a fighting game. You can get action in a beat 'em up. I picked a different type of action game, but I, yeah, the I'm sorry. the other difficulty I had when I was picking games I was like, all right, I sure we have all the generations to go through, but it needs to be something that stands the test of time. Yes. Because yes. it's like, for an RPG, yeah, Final Fantasy VII has great mechanics, great music, and at the time, great graphics. Not great graphics anymore. Yep. And it's kind of painful to look at if you don't have that, you know, willingness to deal with it. Exactly. Put it simply. Like, okay, w- w- Chris and I are old enough to know the classics. We can go back and tell somebody, hey... We can be that that grumpy old man. We're like, look, if you want to know, you want to fucking act like you're a video gamer. You can't tell, you can't talk to me until you've played uh, Super Mario Brothers one for the Nintendo because that is a classic. Yes, that is a classic, and yes, that is a staple for the Mario franchise and Nintendo as a whole. That is their flagship fucking character. That is a staple in video gaming. I get that. But with all the Mario games out there, why'd you pick Mario One? Just because that was quote unquote the first, you know, because that was that mm-hmm. that was the one that put Nintendo on the market and made big. 
Mario is a fucking franchise leader. Yeah. There are 30, 40, 70, 926 games with Mario in it. Why would you pick that one? I didn't do that with these games. I didn't just pick, like, if it was in a sequence, I didn't pick the first because you have to start here. Motherfucker, if I wanted to pick a first-person shooter, I am not, not going to tell you to go play GoldenEye. It is a great first-person shooter. It is on my personal top 15 of all time wall. Mm -hmm. Yes. But no. Well, why? (laughs) Because they have not aged well. Well, hold on now. This is, this is the argument I was having with myself. Hold on. What, Chris, what does age in a game matter? If you, Chris, have never played video games at all, ever, and Chris, I give you GoldenEye and a Nintendo 64, what does it matter to you? How would it matter? The graphics shouldn't matter. You've never played anything. The controls being outdated shouldn't matter to you because it's the only thing you've ever played. My argument was, yeah, but there's so much better today. 64 games are great, and there mm-hmm. are a couple, in my opinion, that do stand the test of time. Unfortunately, GoldenEye does not. When you put, God, I hate to use this as a reference, but when you put, like, say, Call of Duty Black Ops 2 aside uh, Overwatch, aside Battlefield 3, aside, uh, I don't know, the list goes on. I mean... They have evolved over time. And if you're going to showcase something to somebody, you kind of want to add some flair to it. Yeah. So I, some games, I do have some older level games, but I didn't pick anything out of concrete like you need to play this because this is a staple. Mm-hmm. Except for probably one. Probably making strong arguments. In any event, I know we've been blabbing here for a minute, but we have we have to make some things perfectly clear because we it's this list was not easy to make. And it's actually I mean, to me, this is this is the discussion topic before we even get into the list. Like how do you present gaming to the world? Because to me, this is a challenge that even as a 36-year-old man and even with gaming being at the explosive level that it is now i still find video games to be such a fucking niche i still find it hard to just talk to random people about games i still have the stereotypes i don't know about you chris but i still have the stereotypes of being at work and having a casual conversation at work actually working and talking with people about different things in life and it's talking about marriage or talking about work or talking about bills. And it's like when you get to talking about hobbies, it's, you know, I was doing this in my garden or I was I went out fishing on this boat or I was watching this football game or I was at the shopping mall with so and so. And I wait, I listen and wait to either one hear somebody talk about an interesting games or try to and or, or try to push a video game conversation politely into it. And it's usually met with a, hey, you know, I know Mario and Sonic, yeah, and that's it. So this is something where you're you're trying to push the entire medium and say, hey, hey, I I know you're not into gaming. I know that you've probably blown gaming off in your life and you don't care. 
But if you have an interest to go, okay, you know what? Bring it on. Show me what you have to offer me. It's like somebody saying, hey, I don't know how the fuck this ever happens, but hey, I don't, I don't watch movies. I don't, I've, I mean, I've heard some people like that, but I, I don't watch movies. I want you to give me 10 movies <laughs> to fucking make me understand why you care about movies. I could do that. Yeah. The challenge here is to do it with video games. Mm-hmm. To, to Something sh- they have to do. It's not just sit yeah. there and watch. It's you have to actually do it. Yeah. And you have to pick stuff that there's so much engineering that goes into making lists like this. You can't just plop down a game that's like the fourth in a game and you have to have mastered the shit from one, two, and three to get. They have to be babied into this game. So as much as you personally maybe do not, and I'm talking to you, the audience, maybe you don't like hand-holding in a video game, this might be right up their alley. Because you, you... The first person guy or gal can pick up Modern Warfare 2 and go, yeah, I just, no, I don't need you to, your tutorial. And you can get right into the game and put that difficulty up to hard and you can have a blast. They're going to get this game and go, I don't know what this is in my hand. I have to look down and look at the, I have to fucking look at the button on the controller and look up at the screen and go, okay, mash triangle. This is triangle. Got it. You know okay. what? Use this stick to move. Okay, I move. What do I do? I press it. Oh, he's turning. Okay, that's the level that you have. Go ahead. You just spark something in my mind. Oh yeah. With the difficulty things. Hmm. And I don't have any on my list that I think I don't think I have any on my list that this is a, apply to, but a game that lowers the difficulty that has a story setting. Hmm. That would be great. Exactly. As one of them. This is this is the argument for why, yes, people, even to this day, you still have the tutorial levels in games. Just like this may be the first episode of our podcast you've ever listened to, you're, you may not catch half the shit that we talked about an hour and a half ago. But video games don't treat it that way. They treat it, they try, and I respect them for trying, to treat everybody as, man, this may be the first time. And that really comes into play here in this category, in this in this uh, trial. You're trying to pose video games to somebody, and you don't know their level. If you don't know their level, you want to err on the side of them being new. Because if they don't know what they're doing, you're going to put this to them and say, hey, I want you to make it all the way through Warcraft 3. And they're going to be like, uh, <laughs> uh, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, how do I move these people around? What what am I supposed to be doing? Whereas a game that has, you know, like you said, either a story mode or an extremely baby basic tutorial. And again, the, the controller in the hand and looking at that, that's the level you have to think of. They're yeah. like, I've never held this. I've never had this in my hand. I don't know how to, I don't even know how to hold it where it's like comfortable to, to do the shit I'm supposed to do. So they have to... They can't, they can't see on the screen that it says press X to do this, hold the right trigger, press left on your analog stick, and push the X button. They're looking at all of these buttons in their hand, in the controller, and going, oh, shit. <laughs> and then they have the anxiety behind that of, okay, when this tutorial shit's over, I've got to do all this without that on the screen. I have to remember how to do that with people shooting lasers at me. Oh, yeah. shit. 
you know? So a lot of things to come into play that are not just how do I appeal to an audience, but appealing to an audience is is the biggest thing. You want you want this person walking away from these games going that I had fun, I enjoyed it, but at least at a minimum they can go, you know what, I, I get what gaming is now. Yeah. And hopefully they have a more cultured aspect other than, uh yeah, Sonic and, and fucking beep boops, right? You know. <laughs> so Chris, if you think we have gushed enough about uh how we made the list you want to go ahead and get into the list yeah all right do you want to obviously we're going to bounce back and forth mm-hmm. um i think yeah we should just we'll just fucking go back and forth and talk yeah. about our games and i don't know about you but mine aren't in it, aren't in any particular order yeah mine aren't either it's not like these are the top five you know this one's five four three two one number one it's okay oh, these yeah, are five there's games. no there's no yeah. fucking way um, and I will throw this other disclaimer out there. I will wholeheartedly tell you that there are, as I'm looking at this list, there's five games on this list. There are two games on this list that are not on my top 15 wall of all time. Now, you would think that that would be simple. Michael, you have, you've already gone through the two-year rigmarole out of your own mouth <laughs> to make a top 15 video game of all time list for your personal opinion. Duh. Just pick five of those games. It's not that easy. It's not that easy because, again, you have brand spanking new people playing this game. I would love, for example, to pick Suikoden 2 because it's an RPG and a pristine premium RPG. Mm-hmm. They're going to get this game and go, save file. What? What is what is save file? Do I have a file? <laughs> what is it? Okay, who is this person? Where am I at? What are these characters? What are these kids doing? Why am I at this camp? How do I menu? How do I go to a menu? Fuck that! I have my RPG pick, and I hope it's gonna be a good one. <laughs> but in any event, no, I did not just. I didn't. This was not easy mode. There was nothing about this list for me that was easy, and I probably could have made a lot of better choices. I'll talk about that RPG in in, in detail in, in in the end, but. Fucking stalling. Let's get to this list. All right. Uh. Who started their week first? Was it you? You started. Your I week started the week first. Yeah. Then I guess, I guess I will start the list off. I'll give one of mine first. Okay. Um. So starting at the top of the list, just because it's the way the list is wrote down. But same thing Chris said. No particular order. First game for me was a platform game. Common sense derived a lot of this. I went with a uh, a Mario game. Period. Because for me, Mario is a central figure. Number one, Mario is a central figure in the world, period. 95% of the world knows what the fuck Mario is, what he represents, and hello, you immediately associate Mario video games. So there's that. The general association is there. In the platforming world... Mario is an iconic figure, another centralized figure, because in a lot of people's eyes, he started this whole shit. He didn't start it, but he definitely blew it up in the world and put platforming into the mainstream. Right. I did not pick Super Mario Brothers 1 as the game, because just because the game is a first does not mean that's where a new gamer needs to start. Mm-hmm. 
Mario has many games out there, many, many games, many even offshoot games, many games where he was a guest at, but this was a strictly a platforming Mario game. And I picked Super Mario World. Okay. Now, Super Mario Brothers 3 beat out Mario World on my top 15 wall. Why didn't I pick Super Mario Brothers 3 instead? This is going to sound really shallow. Just got to bear with me. Okay. The graphics, I love the graphics in Super Mario Brothers 3. I, I, I love it to death. But the graphics in Super Mario World are obvious. They're, they're, they're better. Right. It's a better processor. It's, it's subjectively a better looking game. Mm-hmm. And that just that slight edge of getting a getting a uh, easy feel appeal definitely played into my my choice for this game. Yeah. Uh, m- both Mario One and Mario World they both have a very easy get along feel for the game. You can fumble fuck your way through Mario and understand <laughs> what you're doing. You can press buttons and understand that you got to jump and yeah. all that. You do have more buttons with the Super Nintendo than the, than a Nintendo, but I don't want to shortchange somebody just because of a controller amount. I don't want to, you know, you don't have, it's, this is the easier controller because as you pat them on their little head, there's less buttons for you to have to worry about, you little baby. No, I, I didn't worry about that. Uh, there is a, they both have a vibrant, colorful, whimsical feel to them they both encapsulate mario uh the 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 feel you get when you play a mario game the the colorful vibrant whimsical world but super mario world just paints that world a little better Mm -hmm. the struggle for me was not picking those two the struggle for me was picking that one over any other mario game like Say, Super Mario 64. Well, why didn't you pick Super Mario 64? That's obviously an evolution in, in the Mario world. They have 3D gaming now. He yeah. has more, he has more jumping options, more mobility options. He has more levels, more level variety. He has everything in a 3D aspect. And while that's good, I, as I'm looking at the list, I have, uh, at least one other game that has a 3D feel to it. And I don't think the 3D is a necessity given my list. So a 2D keeps it everything. Uh, it keeps things a little bit more simple. There are a lot of power ups in Mario World that you're going to have to learn how to use. You got to learn how to throw a fireball. You're eventually going to get the cape. Actually, very, very early on, you're going to have to get the cape. You got to learn how to fly. You're going to have to learn how running is important to you flying. But it still has the general run left to right or right to left, see thing, jump on top of thing, get points. Make it to the end of the level. Don't fall in pits. I feel like, just like Mario 3, it's going to have, while not a direct always-on-the-screen tutorial, it, it, it has ways of teaching you in that game as you go through. Mm-hmm. Now, what Mario World does have that Mario 3 did not have is they do actually have little tutorial-style boxes in that game. So... I think there's one for Yoshi. I think there's one for what a halfway checkpoint is. I think there's one for the in-game flagpole. I I forget where specifically all they are, but there right. are systematic little little boxes that go, hey, this is what this thing does. Mario 3 doesn't have that. That's not a discredit to Mario 3. It's just saying that if you're presenting this to someone that doesn't know video games at all, 
this this has a few of those options. Yeah. So from the graphics to the music to the the challenge, the the learning curve, the the hey, you're actually playing an iconic video game character. This is what this is this is one of the staples. This is one of the tent poles uh the seven wonders of the world in the video game world. I feel comfortable in hooking up a Super Nintendo and giving a Super Nintendo controller with Mario 1 t- to them and going, "Hey, go 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 play, go have fun." Uh am I confident that they would beat it? Well, I don't know. And that's not exactly <laughs> not exactly the whole point of yeah, it. Yeah, it's not necessary. I, I would want them to, but if they're if everybody has their own curve, everybody's going to have their own learning level. And they're, they, if they get to a point where, like at level four, they just say "fuck it," don't want to pressure them. Nobody pressured me to play video games. Nobody pressured me to beat them. I got desire to beat games from either one personal, uh, either confronting a game and and seeing the challenge and overcoming it, or knowing people that did play the game and got better and wanted to be like them or better than them, like, you know, our cousin or whatever. But I don't think you, I think there are some of the games on my list that you're, you're, you're going to want to, because you're going to want to know where the story goes, but Super Mario World, mm, no, you don't have to beat it. I would hope that you would at least get far enough to where you've went to all the different worlds, because I kind of want you to know what it's like to be in a world where you're on a, you're in a level to where your running is governed by ice. You know, <laughs> you need to know what it's like to go running and go, "Oh shit, I just slid straight off a cliff." You know, I was in a level to where it was the level was constantly moving and I had no retreat. I could not go back. I had I was constantly pressed forward. I always had to go forward. The frustration oh, you, uh, of water levels. Exactly. Go through a level and see what it's like to have to deal with swimming and what, what, what things change in a video game uh, or in a, in a water level in Mario World when you pick something up. Like there's different ways you can have, you have different ways to maneuver when you're in a water level. Another thing that was a big choice for me, a big conflict was, and I mean, if you, I, I think we've mentioned this on another episode, but if you have not seen uh, the YouTube personality Ego Raptor, if you have not seen his, I think he has four total, but specifically, if you have not seen his Legend of Zelda and Mega Man X sequelitis episodes, we'll say this again so you go look this up. It's Ego Raptor, Ego Raptor, one word, sequelitis, so sequel and then itis after it, Legend of Zelda and Mega Man X. He breaks down what everybody knew about Mega Man X. And even if you didn't, you need to just get it in your head that Mega Man X did a extremely good job of teaching you how to play that game. And a lot of games are designed this way, even if you don't know it. You, as an older gamer or as somebody that's that's played a lot of video games, you don't see a lot of teaching aspects in games because you're already playing them you're already good at them if you were to play Mega Man 1 you may have to be taught how to do it and you know you will you will see the challenges put forth in front of you and you will overcome them but when you go play Mega Man X you're like oh yeah you run gun you run you gun you shoot you jump and shoot that's what it is 
But Mega Man X, specifically as one one example in the in the sea of tutorial style games or uh, designed by theme games, does a really good job of taking somebody that would not say have ever played a Mega Man game and plopping them down and say, "Hey, go." The reason why I didn't pick Mega Man X and I was strongly considering it was because that was Mega Man for me is an action genre and I already have another I already have an action game and oh I would definitely put it above Mega Man <laughs> X. If not, I tell you what, they're at the same fucking dinner table for damn sure. But so for my first game of my top 5 games to recommend to somebody that when you're as showcasing video games I picked Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo as a platform game. Chris, give me a game. So, uh, now that I look at it, I technically have two cheating answers. Because my first one was Super Mario Blank. (laughs) Oh, you disqualified. Yeah, I I really thought about World, but I was like, you know, maybe, maybe we do need some 3D in there. I was like, all right, not something like Odyssey, even though it's new, it's a good game. But I think the controls might be too. There might be too. It might be too intimidating. There might right. be too that, much to do. That's why I didn't pick like say Super Mario uh, Galaxy. It's beautiful and mm-hmm. I had fun with it. But that 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 we control and uh, that, that analog at the same time, I, I didn't feel comfortable. See, I I kind of was thinking about Galaxy Two. Uh, not Galaxy Two as in the sequel, but Galaxy also. Um, because it's a little bit less complex, and I, I'll tell you this, I don't remember a whole lot about the controls, but I know I didn't do everything you could do with your character, and I still play yeah. okay. And I think that's, I don't know about Odyssey so much because of the complexity to it, but uh, Galaxy and even uh, Super Mario 64, you don't have to know everything to play the game. You may have select areas where you need to know certain, you know, moves and whatnot. They usually teach it to you at the same time. Um, like the little bit of flying that's in 64. I say a little bit. I don't know how much there actually is, but they straight up teach you with a little tutorial. Hey, this is how you fly. Um, so it's not really that much of a learning curve, and there's not too much going on. The only thing I hesitate about the 64 is actually the controller because that controller has a lot going on. Um, and yeah, it's not a comfortable controller either. Yeah. Um, but like, I know I, I felt so bad. I didn't want to sound like I was just short changing the audience. Like, though, they're just not going to understand the 64 controller. It's, I don't know. I tried my best to find a, a, a good harmony, a good balance of, right. An okay, understandable controller, and I just felt, you know, having the R's, the fucking Z button underneath, the analog stick, and the D-pad, they would see that controller and go intimidated before they even played the game. Yeah. So. I would say, probably for a older audience, um, I would go with World, you know, a 2D game. Yeah. But if it was a younger audience... I would probably go with a 3D one. Yeah. Because I think the the uh, <laughs> the willingness and, you know, effort and all that, at that point would kind of balance out at those yeah. points. Yeah. Um, you want me to give another one since that was essentially yours? 
Um, <laughs> no, you okay. just disqualified yourself. So now the whole the that's going to be it for tonight, folks. So you can send us an email. To, no, <laughs> no, you've got four more. I'll just go take a nap. <laughs> no, nah, you're fine, man. You're fine. I mean, it's it's still. I mean, it's it's good enough that we both agree that of five, five of the hundreds of thousands of video games in existence, we definitely put a Mario in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah, it even if it's okay, yours is cheating because you picked Super Mario Blank. Yeah, we are. We could both be cheating because we're just using name value, and I'm fine with that. People need to know why Mario is such a staple. Why is Mario in your face all the time? Why do you see him on lunchboxes and cereal and commercials? And why are you constantly hearing about the Switch and the Wii? And, and you know, your grandmother bought fucking Wii Sports Resort. Why there's a Mario <laughs> character? What's the fucking deal with Mario? I know that people get that way about movies, maybe, maybe kind of sort of about books, Fifty Shades of Grey, I'm looking at you, mm-hmm. and they're gonna, they're, 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 there comes a time where something is shoved in somebody's face that, especially for the people that don't care about something, where they go, okay, holy fuck, what is the deal with this Mario? This is where we can pick a game and go, this is what's up. You tone yourself down, calm down, and play this, and then you'll understand. And, Hopefully, even if they're not head over heels, even if you don't convert them into a quote unquote video gamer, they can at least play Mario World and go, okay, I, I get it. I, I understand yeah. it now. While I don't love it, I can, I understand it now. So my next game, oh boy, next game, I want to pick this first person shooter. Now there are a myriad First person shooters out there. Might yeah. as well say that was about every fucking topic I put yes. or every, every genre. There's myriad blank on here. <laughs> it's the title. Michael, of course you picked Doom, right? Because Doom was the first, well, the, that made it really big. No, I didn't. That's not a necessity for me. And Doom, in my opinion, is not the easiest to learn from right off the bat because I don't think there's any tutorial in Doom, even for the old PC, even mm, the original. No, Doom. I don't think so. Now, I could have picked the 2016 Doom, which does have at least on-screen prompts. That's a good idea, but no, I, I, I picked something a little different. Did you pick Call of Duty? Everybody knows about Call of Duty. That's got name recognition. Fuck you. No, I didn't pick Call <laughs> of Duty. Why the fuck would I pick Call of Duty? I'm so, you know, pause, side tangent. I know I sound like the biggest hypocrite when I shit all over Call of Duty. Being the guy that came, that, that gamed with a group of friends for close to eight plus years, that went through Halo 1, Halo 2, Halo 3, Call of Duty World, uh, World at War, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops, Black Ops 2, Modern Warfare 3. I have put, yes, have put hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours into Call of Duty. I've played it with friends night after night after night. But then I found out what Battlefield was and left that old shit behind. (laughs) (laughs) So if anybody ever wonders why, I'm not bashing on Call of Duty because it's the popular thing. Fuck you. I'm bashing on Call of Duty because I play Battlefield and I'm now a Battlefield guy. I I like it better. We'll have a, that's a whole nother episode. Mm -hmm. First person shooters. No, I didn't pick Doom. No, I didn't pick Call of Duty. I made the argument earlier of why I didn't pick uh, GoldenEye, why I wouldn't even pick Perfect Dark. Even, even Well, why don't you pick Dark then? Dark's a better one. No, I just, uh, I'm away from those. There are other games to play. Yeah. I picked Battlefield 3. 
Now, three. Yes. Now, why three? I picked three because I've never played four or one, so that's one. I wanted to have at least a, a strong first-hand knowledge about this. I picked three over Battlefield Bad Company two because or Battle. Why did I pick Battle? Why did I pick Bad Company one? Uh, Battle no, Bad Company one is not the best one, but Bad Company two is better. Why didn't you pick Bad Company two? Because Battlefield three came along and put aerial combat in there, and that's where I stopped the buck. Battlefield three has has a lot, and this is again, this is for the first person shooter genre. This has this game has a lot going on to the point to where it could be overwhelming, and that did scare me. That kind of made me stay away from this. And all I was I was on the fence between I was going to a Halo game. I was going to go to a Halo game. I was going to go all the way back to Halo One. The reason why I didn't and why I stuck with Battlefield Three is because while all the aspects that make Battlefield Three multiplayer were blowing my mind i'm like holy shit you got to explain weapons to them they have mm-hmm. to know the differences between all the types of weapons they have to know they have to know that like the power range they have to decide what type of weapon they they prefer to use what they they, they they're probably going to think they need to know numbers there's different vehicles they got to learn ground vehicle driving they got to learn aerial combat they got on and on and on and on and i said stop there is a single-player campaign mm-hmm. in Battlefield 3, just like many first-person shooters for the past decade or more, of uh, couple decades, that baby you through, just like you said earlier, have a, a story mode or an extreme beginner mode that teach you all you need to know to the basics. They will teach you how to look left or right. Fuck, I remember playing Halo 1 and him going, hey, look at that light to the left, look at that light to the <laughs> yeah. right. Remember that every shit. game, exactly, and that's all the way up to the to the newer games. Battlefield Three is the is the latest Battlefield that I have context for. When, so the the tutorial aspect is there. The new player scare for me is is okay. It may not be the best. They're gonna be shaky about it. They they're they're definitely not gonna fucking blow the waters the boats out of the water when it comes to multiplayer. But they at least have a way in game to be taught everything they need to know if they decide to go to multiplayer. And I would encourage them to go to multiplayer because that is where the first person life is. That is where the first person shooter fun can be found. The campaigns and games are good and I respect them. I, I, I play them and I like them for what they are. But let's be real. You don't play Street Fighter by yourself forever. Yeah. You don't you and you don't play fucking first person shooters by yourself. Uh Battlefield three has a pretty good uh uh it had, I don't I'm I am i am assuming it's still up, it had a very good net code, it had a very good uh, matchmaking system, it has a huge variety of things to do. You can have ground combat, you can have aerial combat, you can have on foot combat, you can have you can sh- shoot stuff or you can do actual objectives. There's lots of game varieties to play. This is a go, go, go. You are in the big leagues now shooter for them to play. Uh, it would seem overwhelming and it may be overwhelming, but if they want to know what the first person shooter world is like, I'm going to pick a battlefield game for them to go for. And this is the one I'm going to pick. Uh, 
That's the really best I can say about it. It's, it, it. I will admit it is a personal preference pick. There are, God, I also thought about picking Overwatch because Overwatch <laughs> technically is a first-person shooter. And oh shit, a fucking Titanfall's about to fall <laughs> on my house. Holy shit! I, there's another one. I I could have picked Titanfall, uh, which is which would be another good one. But again, the fact that there's so many ways of combat in Battlefield Three, I think it's a good. I think it's a good mixture of hey, video games, first-person shooters. Here you go. Call of Duty? No, not Call of Duty. Battlefield. Here's why you'll understand. So that's what I picked for my next one. All right. So since you went to FPS, I'll talk about FPS too. Um, I didn't go with Battlefield, mainly because I don't have a lot of Battlefield experience. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a little bit of Call of Duty, but when I got to thinking about FPS, because this is one I did category first, after I Mario was easy, I was like, all right, that's a platformer, so I'll move on and focus on categories now. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, FPS. Call of Duty, everybody knows it. May have a, you know, mixed reaction to it. The reason, my number one reason for not going with Call of Duty or Battlefield, in the, aside from my limited experience, is that it's less forgiving. And yeah. what I mean by that is you take damage, you die pretty quick. So I was like, all right, let me think about FPSs. And, of course, in multiplayer, you know, you can't change that. In single player, sure, you can lower the difficulty. So I'm trying to get a balance there where whichever approach you want to take, single player or multiplayer, you'll get a fairly decent experience. Mm-hmm. Um so I was like, all right, what games aren't, you know, insta-death? All right, we need shields of some sort. So I was like, all right. First one that came to mind, of course, because it's more recent, was Destiny. Destiny's mm-hmm. a fairly good experience, but I wouldn't put a new person through that loot grind. Mm-hmm. Um, if it had a better leveling system, or maybe if someone was playing with them, you know, so it didn't really matter. They were kind of carrying them through just so they get the experience of it. Sure, that may be a viable contender, but that, you know, relies on another person. So I'm like, all right, no destiny. And I thought Halo. And I ultimately went with Halo, but I was like, all right, well, a Halo game is good. You have shields. It's not overly complicated. And as I thought about that, I was like, okay, if I'm not going with overly complicated, that immediately dismisses five. Because 5 got more complicated than all the other ones ever were. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right. It's like, well, you really should start at the beginning for the story so you know what's going on and all that, but... Which today you could do fairly well because they have Halo Remastered. Right. And, you know, that's actually a really good point. Because um, I did not even factor in the remaster. Because I was thinking about, well, the graphics aren't going to be great. In one, and that may be too old at this point. Yeah. Um, which I'd have to actually go back and load up the remaster and see how big of a difference it was. Mm-hmm. The other factor is um, I feel that Halo games got easier with the numbers. <laughs> yeah. Halo 1 was harder than Halo 2 and up the chain. Um, 4 and 5 are probably about the same, aside from which... 5's complexity. 
Help help my old man memory. Okay. Which Halo was the first one to finally adopt ADS? Aim down the sights. Halo 1 didn't have it. I mean, on I, the pistol, didn't it? Did, oh, yeah, I guess the, well, the pistol did, but the other weapons didn't. I think it was Halo 2. I have no mm. idea. I have to go back and look. See, that that was a attributing factor to me picking a first person shooter was same thing goes same thing goes for Goldeneye and Perfect Dark. You didn't aim down the sights in those old games. Nine times out of ten you find a first person shooter today, even Doom, you're aiming down the sights. So that's something that you need to well, I don't it's not you don't need to, but it's it's Yeah. It's a first-person shooter thing that has been adopted and is a mainstay today. That way, when you pick up this game, if you if I give you GoldenEye and you go all the way through GoldenEye, God bless your soul for the old <laughs> controls you had to go through, and you then go, hey, Chris, you gave me uh, you gave me Halo One. I loved Halo One. Okay, I am now in a first-person shooters. I love these games. Give me another one. You go here. You go here's Battlefield Three. They go, oh fuck. Oh shit! So you know, it's something else I figured in. Just the aiming down the sights alone was another thing that I factored into my decision making. Yeah. So I, I ultimately decided to go with Halo Four. Um, okay. Okay. I I I may kind of prefer three, but I think four is a different point in the story mm-hmm. where they change things up a little bit. So it's not. You don't need as much of the backstory, and the graphics are, I think, that's the point where I wouldn't be concerned about graphics. Remind me, was it 4 or 5 where the full runners returned? 4. 4? That was the one where the, you know, they had the scene, I yeah. love that scene where the fucking guy comes down from the sky and the ball and it opens up and he talks to the Master Chief and he's like, the full runners have returned. I was like, oh. Yeah. I love that scene, bro. I play that scene. That's that's one of those story scenes where I'll play and just... Mm. But anyway, anyway, Halo yeah. 4. Yeah, so ultimately I'm with 4 because I think that's a good point in the Halo franchise for a new player just to try gaming. If they like 4, then okay, let's go go back to 1. You know, get that more, get more of the lore, get more of, you know, the story. Understand what's going on and enjoy it um, as a whole. Because like I've said before, I love the Halo universe. Mm-hmm. The lore behind it is awesome. I've read, as far as I know, every novel, um, unless there's a new one I haven't seen. You know, it's a great universe to uh, dive into. Um, and you can lower the difficulty down and just enjoy it as, you know, a story. But also get that little bit of FPS experience. You've got the shields, like I said, so it's not totally brutal. You can get shot a little bit and be okay. It's not like, oh, I poked my head out to shoot and I'm instantly dead. Um, <laughs> so that that's really what I was looking for in an FPS. And I think Halo 4 is the, probably the sweet spot right now that I'd put. Okay. Sorry, you caught me chewing candy. What a bad podcast host <laughs> I am. I had a... That's how bad I am. I can't... I like Gushers. Right. I love... uh. I fucking love Gushers, but the problem is the any store that I can buy these at locally, they don't they don't just sell strawberry in a box, and even if they do, it's it's the typical six bags per box. 
I'll go to Amazon, spend like thirty bucks, and buy like ninety six pouches in one. one <laughs> oh yeah. So I'm sorry, audience, but I'm chewing on some gushers. Please don't kill me. My next game. <laughs> I'm assuming that was it for yours, right? I don't, I'm yeah. Cut you off. Okay. My next game. This is a good one. This is a real, real, real good one, a real easy one for me to pick. I did pick an MMORPG. Now, right off the top, one of the reasons why is because this, again, like an RPG, because it has fucking RPG in the title, is it puts you in a fantasy realm. It gives you a fantasy-esque ideal, and that's, that's premier for you know, fantasy things, period. Again, going all the way back to D&D, but a good thing for video games to have. Two, it gives you the ability to make a character that you can spend, I mean, well, given the game that I picked, it's, it doesn't have a shit ton of options. I wish it had more, but it's got enough where you can even, either through the beginning of the game or even into the game, if you want to spend some money or get some special items, you can change the look of your character. And, even for casual people, uh, I think character creation is a is a hook. It's a draw, mm-hmm. you know, because they can pick a character from a race. They can pick what color they are, what their hairstyle looks like, what eyes they have, or what. And I, this is not for my game, but for diff- different RPG MMORPGs. But anytime you have a game where they say make what your character looks like, that that's fun. That's a hook and a draw for people. Three. Most MMORPGs don't just throw you into the fire. Uh, this is especially true for the one that I picked. This is an MMORPG that babies you for a long time, but in a good way. They throw, they, they, they progressively give you new things and they progressively teach you how these things work. Uh, you, you, this, in this and any if you think Battlefield 3 will overwhelm a brand new gamer an MMORPG will blow their fucking mind because if they get into that game and as soon as they port into a town for the first time and they see all these people you got to think guys and gals imagine you're a brand new person you got a keyboard and a mouse in front of you you got this game you spent 15 20 minutes making a character probably 5 minutes with a cutscene and you plop down into a town and you see this living world mm-hmm. you know you you don't even know what an npc is but you see npcs there and player characters all active in this world all doing something in this one little city imagine the just it just it blows my mind Thinking what a new gamer goes through when they when they plop down into a town for the first time, they see characters flying all over the place. They see characters what look like they're emoting or talking to each other. They see, de- depending on what game it is and what town you're in, you probably see flying things going by or people riding on things. You see, you may see like emotes. Excuse me, I got hiccups all of a sudden. So you get you see uh, emotes going off, like people laughing or, or dancing or maybe popping fireworks off. There is a huge living world for a new player to get into right off the bat. 
And I think all of that will appeal and awe and it'll scare you. It will probably scare them too because, again, if you're in a town, that's a town and maybe in a city that's maybe on a continent of an entire world. I mean, the the, the bigger this game gets, it will blow a new character, a new person's mind. So for an MMORPG, this is kind of a no-brainer for Chris and I both. Uh, I mean, for him to understand anyway. I picked Final Fantasy XIV. Now, I could have picked World of Warcraft because World of Warcraft does and always has had a larger player base, but I didn't necessarily dwell too much on which MMORPG I picked because I think given Final Fantasy XIV and World of Warcraft... And for the most part, almost any MMORPG that you pick, there is a long hand-holding phase. There is a long tutorial phase. You're, th- these games are catered, catered and designed for the masses. No. They want the 80-year-old grandmother. They want the 16-year-old girl in Thailand. They want the, the, the 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 one that one light that I always see in Africa that's so fucking hilarious to me <laughs> on the world map. They, I don't know if you've seen that, Chris, but the world map will have dots all over the place to light up. And I swear, for the longest time, there was one in Africa, and I was like, "You, I want to meet you. I want to meet <laughs> you and shake your fucking hand, dude. Hell yeah, holding that game up." But I digress. MMORPGs are not just massive people massively getting together and LARPing as fucking Dungeons and Dragons characters. These games are designed to appeal to everybody. They want large, large, large numbers, and they are designed as a video game to go, oh, you've never played World of Warcraft, or you've never played Final Fantasy VII, or you've never played Wild Arms, or you've never played Sweet Coden, that's okay. Come on in here. I'll teach you everything you need to know. And not only do I have in-game tutorials, I have shit to make the game easy while you're playing it. Uh, the, 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 the level of ease to get into these games are incredible. Now... I don't know how harder or easier it is to get into and continue to play World of Warcraft as opposed to Final Fantasy XIV because I haven't played World of Warcraft. If I had, I would, I could probably make a strong case for either one of those two. I could have probably picked either one of those two because the fucking numbers in World of Warcraft speak for the game in and of itself. It has millions, like seven, eight million people uh, played that game at a point, and four, five, or six million have played Final Fantasy VII at a point. Either way. Fourteen. Uh, this is, uh, Fourteen, yeah, sorry. <laughs> this and, and why did I not pick Final Fantasy XI? Because currently Final Fantasy XI is kind of going defunct to the wayside, and, and I, I'm just this is just me being shallow, but there's it's... More upgraded graphics. There's more engines involved. There's more. There's more. Uh, there's more things in Final Fantasy XIV that is not shitting on. It's not shitting on World of Warcraft. It's not shitting on EverQuest. It's not shitting on Final Fantasy XI. It's not shitting on Black Desert or who knows whatever MMORPG there is right now. 
I have first-hand knowledge of 14, and I know from start to finish that it is a game that anybody can get into. My, my wife, who doesn't play video games, is now a fucking raid leader in Final Fantasy 14. She has my raid now and, and plays it often. So that's just one example of a person in my personal knowledge who was like, I don't play games, and they go, yeah, I can do it. I can do all of it. So, from the fantasy aspect, to the ease to get into, to the make your own character, have your own personal avatar, to the broad, expansive story that it encompasses, to the hours upon hours of possible enjoyment and entertainment that they will get, to difficulty may or may not even really being a factor, to them having other options if they want something more difficult in the same game, I think an MMORPG is a good place, a good massive encompassing, hey, any fucking body can come here and do this game, and that one was my pick. Okay. I, I can see that. You know, I didn't even consider MMOs when I was making the list, uh, because that's typically not something I even think about as a genre. You know, I just think yeah. about RPGs. Yeah. But you are absolutely right that MMOs hold your hand. Mm-hmm. And the other part of that is you don't have to have that time sync like other RPGs either. Right. Yes, it has a story, but that's not necessarily what you're playing for. You mm-hmm. may just play and you like the mechanics of it, or the mechanics of it are enough to get you that, you know, hook into gaming, which is the whole point of it, you know, the list. You, you so. may play you may play Final Fantasy fourteen and have played that game for four hundred hours and you could have spent twenty three doing the story and the rest you spent fishing. Yeah. Fishing could be your hook in that game. And I'll be like, Hey man, cool. You play the game, that's fine by me. I bet you're a fucking master fisherman and I could talk to you about every aspect about fishing. Mm-hmm. Cool. You know, you don't have to go be a fucking uh world first raid leader to be to have fun in an MMORPG. I know people that play the main... I know people that get the game, they'll get the expansions, they play through all the content, and they drop the game. Hey, that's cool. You got your entertainment out of it. I don't think you should pay a subscription fee for doing that because you should play <laughs> the main story. But hey, you played it, and you got entertainment out of it. Right. All right, so since I don't have an MMO or even an RPG on my list, I'm going to go with my other cheat entry. Okay. And that is mobile games. Mm. Now, that is a all-encompassing term. Now, here's here's why I did it. So, you have, first off, you can find a game of just about any type for free. So, you have, you can introduce, you know, this person into a variety of genres and cost nothing but they're also usually toned down versions so you yeah. lose some of the complexity you're like all right here's a simple you know tap the screen game where it may be an rpg and you just tap the screen to do your thing or maybe it fights for you so you're not even giving commands mm-hmm. but it's enough to go hey i have a character that's progressing <laughs> that's cool how i want one that gives me more control Okay, let's go talk about console RPGs now. You know, it can yeah. be that hook into just about any genre, like I said. You know, some of them aren't going to be that good. Like, FPS is rough on a mobile device. Um, 
but you can pretty much get the more story-based, you know, a little bit of action. You can get some platforming easily enough uh, to kind of uh, get that hook. And then you can yeah. go into the other ones, you know, on a console to get even further. Um, yeah, it's just, there's so much, there's so many options. And like I said, this list was hard for me to make because there aren't, in my mind, a ton of games that are super easy for someone to get into that's never gamed before. Yeah. It's usually... This is, this is true. It's usually, all right, you know RPGs, here's another RPG. But if yeah. you never played RPGs, uh, you may not have, you know, as good of a time. Mm-hmm. But if you can play an RPG light where you have a lot of the complexity taken out, fewer systems to learn, uh, a shorter story, if there even is one, um, or a short story and a simple system, you know, just to have a little bit of storytelling, a little bit of RPG experience. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my other cheat. Hey, I, I did not pick a mobile game at all. The the reason why is because I have such disdain for mobile gaming, period. And when I say that, I really mean like phone games, tablet games. I'm not t- I'm not talking about the Game Boy or the DS or right. even the Game Gear. Uh, I feel if I want to bring somebody into, I mean, it, this this is this is going like seven levels above what we've been talking about. But if I'm approaching somebody and saying, "Hey, here's gaming. Here you go." What what I'm doing is they're looking up from their cell phone at me going, huh, what's up? And I go, yeah, I want you to put that cell phone down because that's not that's not the world you're about to be in. That's not going to be yeah. your life. That may be where you go if you need help. It may be where you go if you want to watch videos on how to do something. It may be where you even go to watch videos where people entertain you about that game I'm about to show you. But that cell phone is not where your game is going to be. No matter what the media is telling me, my gaming, I'm not playing some five. I wasn't playing some some phone game beginning of uh, last year. I was playing a fucking Wii U video game. My top 15 wall does not have a cell phone game up there or a tablet game. Like, it's not that I hate these things. It's just that is not, it's not gaming. It's a watered down... Go check out our mobile gaming episode. Episode I don't remember. Chris will find out and tell you later. <laughs> but we've already discussed mobile gaming, and it's not that's not what this is. Thank you, Chris. Episode you are, sixteen. Oh, I'm awesome. My next game, my next game I picked, which is going to sound kind of crazy because I just came up with an MMORPG. My next game I picked an RPG. Same same kind of premise, so you're a little bit of redundancy here, but that's okay. I'm willing to deal with that. This puts you in a fantasy world, mm-hmm. which is good because again, stemming all the way back to 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 fucking D and D days, this is this is where that fantasy, uh, elves and knights and nerdism and all that kind of has roots. This game kind of has those roots in them, this, but it definitely has the RPG feel. It has the the long a, a long deep and enjoyable story that I think and once I tell you the game I'm going to tell you why I didn't pick another game I think it's easy for people to get into and it's a, it's an accessible story 
the RPG that I picked was Final Fantasy. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Chrono Trigger for the Super Nintendo. Why I didn't pick Final Fantasy okay. VI is because, and again, this may be this uh, this, this may be shortchanging the audience, not our audience, but the person that we're presenting the game to. But when you right. play Chrono Trigger and you start that game. You literally start that game waking up in your bed by, you're being woken up by your mother. You're being told to go downstairs. There's going to be a, there's a fair today that you've been wanting to go to and it's about to happen. So, hey, get mm-hmm. up, get up, Sonny, and go to the fair. Anybody can relate to that. Boy or girl can relate to being asleep, yeah. being woken up by a parent and going, Hey, I'm going to open the curtains. This is all, this is a bedroom. These are curtains. This is a bed. This is all familiar to you. Hey, there's a fair. Everybody knows what the fuck a fair is. You're going to go to the fair. You're a boy. You're, apparently you're a young boy. You want to go play at the fair. When you open Final Fantasy VI, you're in Magitek armor. You're, and I, I look, I know <laughs> I, this is not, this is not, it's easy to understand. Final Fantasy VI is not fucking convoluted. That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm saying is, is that you're in, you're, you're this girl apparently riding around in some machine, which you later find out is Magitek armor. You're going to this city in the snow, in this snowy area called, uh, Narsh, whatever that is. You're going to find an Esper, whatever an Esper it is. You get my point. Chrono Trigger captures yeah. you. Now, it for me, in my opinion, for a non-gamer, Chrono Trigger captures you like that. The curiosity you would get from Final Fantasy VI is there. I don't doubt that. But from the very start of the game, if you compare those side by side... I think a little bit of, well, okay, what's really going on in Final Fantasy VI as opposed to, oh, young kid, out of bed, curtains open. Hey, go to the fair. Hey, there's a cat there. Don't forget to feed the cat. I feel it has more. That's a real <laughs> easy way to slide you into what this game's about to be. Okay? So yeah. from the start, you have an RPG that's going to have a real good, a good easy going time. Now, a negative to the game. Chrono Trigger does not hold your hand. Okay, you're going to have to learn how to move around. You're going to have to learn what a menu is and learn what the things are in a menu. I do agree that there is a learning curve. Excuse me. An example, another game that I was debating on putting here instead was Mass Effect. Mass Effect has tutorials for everything at the beginning of the game. Teaches you how to move around, teaches you how to mm-hmm. look, teaches you things about the menu, teaches you things about weapons and items and how to use uh, psy- uh, psionics and all that shit. But I, I really wish I had more reasons why I didn't pick Mass Effect, but I, I just I didn't. I picked Chrono Trigger <laughs> over it. It's a simpler game. I'm using that in the very most respectable terms. Chrono Trigger is is a much simpler an easier game to follow and go along with than Mass Effect. Mass Effect has a huge overarching story with lots of sub-stories across three separate titles. There is a huge thing to, to Mass Effect. With Chrono Trigger, you got 50, 60 hours worth of a good, I mean, a goddamn good solid story. Uh, so, so I, I will wholeheartedly admit that there is a learning curve, but if I think the ease of that game, that ease of you being a kid waking up and going to the fair and having very easy to understand things, you learning the controls will be okay. 
And if if we are bending the rules a little bit, if I'm presented this game to somebody, <laughs> I, I'm I I could be there helping them. Go okay. This is what this menu does. This is what this. Look, check this out. Here's the option. They just want you to. This is just saying how fast the text gonna move, gonna go. Do you want the text to go really fast across the screen? Do you care, or do you read it as it goes? So maybe you want the text to be slower. This is how your buttons are set up. Maybe you want to have a different button configuration. You know, this is how you move around. This is what you do when you're in a battle. I'll, I'll admit that there's a learning curve there, but I think it's okay. I think it's okay. I think it's okay. I think it's okay because this game is so good. This is a hallmark. This is a staple of video game life. Colonel Trigger and Final Fantasy VI both are. Are you fucking kidding me? You need to play these games. Chrono Trigger has stood the test of time. It stands the test of time today. It's a very easy to understand, no crazy, wild, zany out there, holy shit, Kojima storyline shit going on. It's very easy to grasp. Once you have the game down, once you have the battle system down, it it has growth to it. It It has so much depth. And just the charm and appeal of Chrono Trigger alone made me pick it above any other RPG. I felt it was I feel it's kind of a no no loss. There may be other ones to pick and I'm I mean we'll get to that at the end of this episode, but I I pick Chrono Trigger. I think as far as an RPG goes, an RPG is a good fantasy staple for video games and I pick Chrono Trigger to be that staple to showcase. Chris, what's your last pick? You mean my uh Fourth pick? Oh yeah, that's right, that's right. Because I'm the last one. Shit. <laughs> What's your fourth pick then? Yeah, so I'll save my uh, one for last. My my next one is Mario Party. Okay. And I'm gonna okay. go with. Hey. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go with Mario Party. Uh, not the last one, which I believe was eight. I think seven is the one I'm thinking of. Um, I didn't write down a specific number of my thing, but so that's not cheating. I'm gonna pick seven. Um. So, and 8 has new mechanics that made the game worse. Aren't they anyway. the 10 by now? Uh, I'll fact check no. that while you're I think they're remakes and stuff. Mario um, Party 10 for the Wii U, bro. What am I? You're crazy, man. Okay. Well, it's not the latest one. Okay. For the Wii U. It's whatever came before that. So probably 9. Then I might still go with 7 or 1 the earlier Okay, they Mario... Do. This is what I know. I don't, okay. I've never played Mario Party 11, oh, 10, so I can't talk about that one. Mario Party, uh, 9 was the one that changed to where everybody was in the cart together. Okay. Not that fucking game. Mario Party 8 was the one before that one. That was that the one. one. That, okay. Eight. Good choice, man, because me and my wife played that one all the time, too. But anyway, and not that that I, has I, any I, fucking factor in the one. <laughs> Yeah, I, I put this one down, and the genre I wrote was casual, but it's also social. Yes. If uh, you man. can play mm. games with the people around like you, this. that just, it doesn't matter what the game is at that point. I mean, it does, but you, you get what I'm saying. If you're playing with your family, and you're all having a good time, okay, God, what more man. do you need? Man, Chris, you're fucking, that's a, that's a nail on the head right there, man. That's I would put that over first-person shooter, because typically... If you're playing a first-person shooter, unless you're playing on a team, you're always going to be running and gunning against the other people. 
Mm-hmm. It, well, 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 no, I guess that doesn't match up because in Mario Party, you're always against other people too. But there's more uh, of a friendly aspect to playing Mario Party. As to, yeah. you know, you're trying to be first person, the first person shooter. You're just trying to be the first to kill. You're trying to be the one with the top score, which yep. I guess you are. Ah, fuck it. Here's the other part too. I feel like the social so, aspect of Mario Party is better. That's what I'm getting at, as opposed to yes. first person shooter. Yes. And here's the other part. Not only are they having fun, you know, playing with family and whatnot, or friends, they also are getting little samples of other genres. Mm-hmm. You have some the mini games, you know. Oh, this one's, you know, uh, a point and shoot with the controller, or, you know, aim and shoot something on the screen. Yeah. So you're getting a little bit of that. You know, you get these mini games. It's like, okay, they're doing more and more and more and there's a there's a fairly good variety of games and mechanics in the mario party games yeah. <clears throat> with the mini games so you're getting more exposure and it'll make other genres not be as intimidating later on yeah that's that's really fucking good man yeah because you got in the mini games you have hey, hey here's a racing mini game hey there's a yep. shit ton of ra- racing is a entire genre which is mm-hmm. has very in-depth car designs. Here's platforming. Read above. There's platforming games galore. Here's puzzle style games. Puzzle game. You know, and puzzle games was also another uh, genre that I skipped over, only because I know almost everybody plays puzzle games on their phone as it is. So, but yeah, I man, I, I dig that. I dig that a lot. That's that's actually a really good choice. Uh, was it was what it all you're you? gonna say about that one? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know how much I can add to that. <laughs> that uh, no, I mean it's it, solid. It, it's really social and that little bit of a uh, moving into the other genres. The fact that it is social and it is, it, I mean, it, it, in a positive way, it's very casual. It's a very catch-all game. I yeah. mean, that's all, you, you make, can pick it up for a little bit of time. You can play a ten-round thing, or I think even like five. Exactly. Like I would. This is going to be controversial, I know, but and this could be another topic in and of itself, but what console would you recommend for somebody? I could make a strong argument for the Wii to be a, a console for somebody's first. Why? Yeah. You have access to a whole lot of old games to begin with if you want to go have somebody play old school games. But that, like I say, MMORPGs are designed for the masses. The Wii was designed for the masses. It has games yes. of all kind of variety. Casual and semi-hardcore to hardcore, so it, it's all there. But yep. Yeah. So my last game that I picked. Oh man, this is this is a good one, and this is topical, <laughs> definitely because it's it's had a re-release lately, uh, recently. Sorry. Uh, a lot of action games. A lot of action games for me to pick through. Mm-hmm. Um. Action games for me beat out fighting games only because of the games that I'm about to drop. I think this game will give you the action you need. It will give you the music you need. It will give you the uh, story as well. Hopefully you will beat it because you will definitely get the grasp of it if you you do. If you don't, you may be missing out. Uh... The game I'm talking about is Bloodborne. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I, whoa! 
I thought about that as a joke when I'm like, yeah, I'll just throw fucking Dark Souls at somebody. <laughs> yeah, you brand new to gaming. Hey, hey, there are tutorials in Dark Souls now. Don't give me shit. They teach mm-hmm. you how to play that game within the first five minutes. So if you just can't do it, I guess you just suck at life, man. And they never play games ever again. They say, fuck video games. No, the action game that I picked is Shadow of the Colossus. Now, this game recently got a Mm re-release, so that would be the one that I would have them play because I, now that I have played it, I can agree that, yes, the upgrade it got, it has a lot of control updates, make things a little bit easier to play. The the visuals, of course, alone have a graphical upgrade. All of that's good. I picked Shadow of the Colossus because as this is about as close to artsy-fartsy as I want to get with video games. There are lots of video games out there that art as a, as a genre has sprung up as a thing in the past, say, decade. Uh, Journey is an example. It's, it's a video game, but it's... It's yeah. all about the visual. It's all about the experience and the and the the meta metaphorical playthrough of the game, so on and so forth. Yada ta. Shadow of the Colossus number one isn't for me. It's another staple of video games. It is a it is a hallmark. A a pretty much a nine point nine nine five masterpiece of a video game it blends everything that you will need to get from video games all in one number one i don't know why i'm starting out with music but might as but i've just been doing it number one the music (laughs) this is a symphonic soundtrack every every uh every track you come across all symphony all classically done it all matches what you're doing. It gives every Colossus their own individual feel, their own individual uh, style. It puts them all in their own little world. The the graphics, again, because you're playing the new re-release, they're going to blow your mind. You're going to have sun-setting vistas. You're going to go through... You're gonna you're you're gonna go through a lot of open areas, but you're gonna go through woodlands. You're gonna go into caves. You're going to go through uh, into large, gigantic lake areas. You're going to go through a fucking uh, battle-ridden area in a rainstorm. I mean, you're going to have lots of locales, and they're all going to be beautiful. Are they going to be the most breathtaking in video game history? No. Are they up there? You fucking right they are. Uh, the story again. This is one of those where I would I would hope you would love the or like the game enough that you would play all the way through because you're gonna want to know where this story ends, and it has a story that it teaches you very subtly at the beginning of the game. It's got enough text to get you through. It's not packed with action cut smash cut action scenes. It's got enough to tell you what you need to know. Gaming as a in general, it has the action there for you. It teaches you. It's got it's it's puzzle solving. It's action. It's it's it has what you need for the video game itself. Every time that you go fight a boss, 
hey, maybe you'll play it and you'll actually like riding uh, Agro around and just, just riding horseback through the world. Hey, that's cool too. But the game is about you being on the Colossus. The game is about you finding out how to get there. The game is about when you get there, what what to do. How do you take this down? Uh, uh, now, again, there may be a slight... You know something we never thought of, Chris? Almost all these games have instruction manuals. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if we're being real about this, even if the game doesn't have a quote-unquote, you know, baby mode, there, I, Colonel Trigger had a, had a booklet. Shuttle Colossus will have it a booklet of some type, even, even if it's like an insert. But the controls... The controls you need, you just need to get through that hump. I would encourage you to get over the hump of those of those controls and learn them because once you get to your first Colossus, that's going to be it. If you make it past that first Colossus and go, yeah, this is stupid, man, you should give me this list back, give me all these canes back, and go, hey, you, this is not for you. <laughs> I'm sorry. There is there's so much about this game that appeals to a gamer as as a whole it's a, it's it's a nice package all together and as something that you can present to somebody that which that you want to go these are powerful things these are moving pieces of media here you go that i i just see somebody getting on agro and running around and seeing like you know the sun shining through the trees or riding across like a desert area and the, you know the the wind whipping through the hair and the music playing and just sh- seeing a fucking colossus come out of the ground for the first time it's all that has to you have to go wow whoa that's cool i i feel a lot of that you would get from playing shadow of the colossus and i i picked that as my action game and yeah, I feel I feel pretty confident. Again, my list was, and I'm sure Chris wasn't either. This, this list was not fucking easy to make. I literally thought this was gonna be not literally. I actually thought this was gonna be like a five ten minute pistol whip list, but when I sat down and started weighing genres against each other and weighing games against each other, I was like, oh Jesus Christ, this is not. Yeah, I had to cheat. The fuck have I done to myself? But. I feel confident that with my games, somebody can get a very strong grasp of what video gaming is, and hopefully they will have enough entertainment to have at least a better understanding, a very strong cursory understanding of what video gaming is. Chris, I think I've got it right this time. What's your last game? So this one, I may or may not have should put it on the list. Um, It's very sink or swim, I think. Um. It's an action, adventure, whatever you want to call it. Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Oh. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, yeah, let's talk about this. Let's unpackage this. Go ahead. So, Assassin's Creed games do a fairly good job of holding your hand. Mm-hmm. Um, whenever they introduce you to a new tool, equipment, ability, whatnot, uh, either in the uh, animus or the you know quote unquote real world, I already forgot what it's called. Um, they will teach you how to use it mm-hmm. and give you a specific objective objective around using that ability. So you have the hand holding is there. You have a lot of roaming to do. 
You have a lot of exploring you can do and running around. You have a ship. If you like pirates, if someone really likes pirates and wants to play a game, maybe this is a good hook for them. Yeah. Um, if the, uh, yeah, I'm trying to think. I mean, it's, you know, it's also part of the pirates, but maybe, you know, they just like, like you talked about when you got on your ship and, you know, the shanties and your crew and all that, the interactions with the NPCs in that game. Um, I, I think overall it would be a very solid experience. I just think, like I said, it's probably going to be sink or swim. There's going to be that initial hurdle to get through parts of the game, especially early on when you don't have the ship yet and whatnot. But I think once you get the ship, start cruising around, just explore and have that freedom to do all these kind of things. I think it's a pretty good hook. Yeah, it, it, it has character draw for sure. You know, it has multiple characters to draw to, you know, and mm-hmm. let's be real. I, I have made this statement on this podcast that there was a reason why I was going to pick Terminator 2 as a fucking game to play back in the day was because I, as an ignorant video gamer, was like, uh, movie, video games. This could be a very loose way for you to be like, hey, pirates, Okay. Yeah. Have you even heard of Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah, that's pretty good. Hey, if you want to know how that shit was done right, here you go. <laughs> Play is one. Play is one better than Jack Sparrow. Yeah. It's a bold statement. I'd, I'd, I make it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, the, I, let's I, be real, Chris. The only thing Black Flag is missing is an actual Kraken. Come on. And a, you know, octopus face. Man and okay, there's a lot that's missing, but you get my point. <laughs> Black flag all the way. Huh. Yeah, it. Uh, I really hesitate to put it on my list, but I wanted a good action adventure game. But there's not a whole lot of them that I would be okay with throwing a completely new player in and expecting them to stick with it and want to keep playing afterwards. See, this is this is another one of the uh, debating topics. That I actually scrapped this whole entire idea. Uh, I, I really tried to appeal to the mainstream, and the, the way that I was doing that initially was going, okay, what are all the icons that people do know? If some Joe mm-hmm. Blow was to go into, say, oh, GameStop, and you look around, what things would they see? They would see iconic characters all over the place. They'd see Tomb Raider. They'd see the, what a blank assassin from Assassin's Creed. They would see uh, Drake from Uncharted. They would see Master Chief. They would see Kratos. They would see all these. And I was like, okay, just pick some of those. And I was like, oh, no. Not going to throw somebody at God of War. God of War may be good, but God of War will chew your head off. Uh, Drake's a pretty good one, but I haven't played enough of them to know which one I would pick. And right. I, the the more I thought about all the main, I the Halo. Why wouldn't I pick Halo? I'd, I'd rather have aim down the sights. Uh, Assassin's Creed. I didn't want to pick because okay, this is what I would fear. You pick. You got somebody playing Assassin's Creed. 
they're bouncing back and forth already between Animus and the pirate world, and they're like, ah, I don't really like all that shit where I was, you know, running around a building with an iPad, but I love running around as a pirate, basically saying the same thing that I said. And then, Chris, they spend 67 to 80, 227 hours in Pirates, in Pirates of the Caribbean, God, <laughs> in Assassin's Creed Black Flag. They beat the game, Chris. They come back to you and go, what the fuck was the ending? And you have to go, all right, well, Assassin's Creed is actually told in a long story across 17 fucking games or whatever. And they're like, whoa, I don't, I didn't even get an ending. Well, you got an ending. Yeah, but I got an ending to that iPad shit that I didn't care about. What's the deal with <laughs> all this? And you're like, well, so there, yeah, a few reasons why I wouldn't have picked, but still a solid choice. The fact the 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 thing that I echoed all the time when playing Assassin's Creed Black Flag was, dude, I am having fun as fuck. I'm having so yeah. much fun playing this game as a pirate. I love this. This is this, this is. I feel like I'm a pirate in the open waters and battling things and running around swashbuckling. I love it. I imagine a brand new person to video games having that fun, and I think they could. I don't think the fun that I had in Black Flag was specific to video games. Uh, but I think yeah. it's big enough to where you realize you are having this fun while playing a video game. And all it takes is fun with one game to go, okay, what yeah. other games will give me this fun? Precisely. It may not be, sure, the story may not be great, but I had fun playing it. What yeah. other games can I have fun playing? Okay, Chris, Or so now, what other games have better stories? So now we you know, know our, another topic to follow this up down the road. Okay, now you got to pick another 5 and they they beat these 5 but they want more. <laughs> <laughs> that that would start getting into easier list I think. Oh, I, I mean, sure you'd have a lot more options. So fast. Oh. <laughs> oh, you beat Shadow of the Colossus, huh? Oh, you think you're an action guy now? Boom, welcome to Dark Souls, bitch. <laughs> and then they come crying to me. Michael's being mean. <laughs> Oh man, learn how to learn how to kick the shield, damn it. <laughs> so with that, I think that's going to do it for tonight. What did you think of our compiled lists, uh guys and gals? We presented a list of 5 games separately that we would hand to people that have never played games as a showcase for video games to get their opinion and hopefully to enlighten them, to show them what we do, what we enjoy doing. Uh, what games would you pick? What did you, did you agree with our list? Did you disagree? What five games would you pick? Uh, I, I, I challenge you audience. Tell me, tell us five games you would pick to showcase to new people. Love to know what you would pick. Love to know what you thought about anything we talked about tonight, but definitely that. You can find us any, there's a few places on the internet you can find us. We have a Facebook page, End of Timecast. That's probably where you found this episode, probably where you came to find us here. We have an email. You can email us old school at endoftimecast at gmail.com. That's endoftimecast at gmail.com. No funny numbers in there. Just spell it as you heard it. We have a Twitter page. You can tweet us. If you want to tweet us, that's fine. You can do whatever you want to do to send us some feedback. We'd love to hear anything from you. And again, as of right now, this podcast, you're probably most guaranteed to get whatever you send read on here. Unless it's something really bad. Like if, you know, I don't, we're not going to read your fucking horse dildo fantasies on this podcast. I'm sorry. But Jeez. I, yeah. 
I would definitely read a list of, of games you picked and why. Be, it's, it's, I totally it's, thought you would say you would read this story. <laughs> I tell you, it's it's a very interesting topic. I think I think today in this day and age, I mean, look, it's even topical for us, just Chris and I, just having this podcast. Because if we are promoting this podcast to people, again, not for money, if we are promoting this podcast to people around the world just to have audience out there and just to promote us, we have to remote basically to gamers. So we can't really promote the end of time podcast to our football listening coworkers because they don't play video games. But specifically this episode right here, hey, maybe this will be a good episode to promote to people because they can listen to this one and go, okay, you know, I'll try this shit out. I'll check these games out. And then, hey, we got a gamer. At the end of the day, Anybody that we could bring in, either via podcast or one of those games that we listed, can bring somebody else into the gaming world, and at a minimum, they at least have an understanding and maybe a better respect for it, and don't treat gaming like, oh, it's just fucking shut-in, nerdy, beep-boop, Mario, Pac-Man stuff. I think we did a good thing. Yeah. Until next time, everybody, I'm Michael. I'm Chris. Good night, everybody. <laughs>